Right, before we get anywhere today, I need to talk about my eyelid. What happened to your eyelid, Jim? I don't know. I still don't know. As we record this, I am um, recovering from the worst medical disaster known to humankind. Because my eyelid went inside out, but the wrong way round. Not like, not like funny inside out, like what like kids could do to like freak out their brothers and sisters and stuff. Like it went inside out the other way. It went outside in. Oh, I, oh, I missed this bit of the story. I thought it went inside out, not outside in. No, it went outside in, oh, and it was no, oh. horrible. Oh. I was just. How did you manage that? I don't know. <laughs> Like, I, was, I rubbed my eye, right? Because I was just getting ready to uh, record Firewatch. I was playing Firewatch. I was just getting ready to record it. Lifted up my glasses, rubbed my eye a bit, then suddenly realised, like, this isn't closing. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's half open and stuck, and it's wrapped... And, and it, oh, my God, is, are those my eyelashes stabbing into my eyeball? Oh, fuck. It was terrifying. And I, I couldn't get it back. Like, I was stretching, like, my oh. face to try and pop it. I was rubbing it again trying to blink like at one point i could feel it puffing a bit and i just kept it closed and every time i tried to open there was just like excruciating pain Ooh. and i and i, I was like, for the like, sake of our mental images were, were you screaming no, no i think I, I i think i may have been going ah ah <laughs> and then when, went really quiet for a bit. When you posted about this, I completely misunderstood. I thought you'd just done the thing where you kind of lift your eyelid up and try and close your eye and then let go again. And like that little bit of your eyelid is visible from where you no. your, folded your eyelid up. It's like, oh, it's that thing kids do. No, nope, your eyelid. The other way. To, you know what happened to you? Are you aware of the movie Teeth? I am aware of the movie Yeah, teeth. about the, uh, the, the, the female genitalia that attempts to eat things. It's a good movie, though. It's an interesting movie, and I think it is the premise of the sequel, Teeth 2, Jim's Eye, where his eye has decided to try and eat itself using the eyelashes as teeth. That gives a new meaning to the phrase eye teeth. That's what they... I have eye teeth! Uh, You have eye teeth! And they're trying to eat my face! They're trying to burrow through my eyeball into my brain! The eyelashes are like, we are violent daggers of destruction, and all this time we've been sat here flapping about doing nothing... We could have been burrowing into Jim's brain through his eye this entire time. Let's get on it. Eye teeth activate. It was terrifying. Like, like I mean, it's only just stopped aching. Like my eyeball. Um, like it for the past few hours, it had still been like intermittently watering and aching. Once I finally like it just popped. Once it finally popped back um, to normal, like tears. Like, like, just liquid from my eyes and nose. It was just streaming out like I'd pulled a plug or something. I don't know what happened to my head today. I don't, this entire, the, the whole head zone up here, I don't know what happened to any of it. Uh, and I'm, I'm scared. I'm like, I now know this is a thing that can happen. And I've never heard of it before. But, but it's like I've seen Cthulhu or something. It's like something that once existed at the edge of terror and and psychological degradation is now made flesh and i don't know if i can live a normal life with this revelation knowing that you can rub your eyes and your eyelids might try to eat your own face uh you i think what happened is you were being a little bit too aggressive with your eye you were rubbing it a bit too hard and it was like you know what fuck it i need some way to fight back against this monster who's constantly just violently bashing me about rubbing me which way whatever your eyelid made a deal with the devil for superpowers. 
became a supervillain and had the ability to turn itself around and stab you in the eye. I think he I think he was just watching a load of furry porn and hentai and his eyes were just like, fuck you, we're going to punish you for subjecting us to this. Well, fuck my eyes, bigots. <laughs> Don't close minded bigots. Jim's brain is open to lots of things. Eyes stop being arseholes. Speaking of which, if my eye had a problem with me furiously rubbing it, right, it should have just had a chat with my penis and like, learned how that coped with it. Because I've never <laughs> had any problems off that little fella. It's like, okay, the, okay uh, the penis has got a message for the eyes. The message is, learn how to be a sexual organ and to develop nerve endings that are pleasurable when rubbed. Yeah, exactly. I just gotta learn how to do that. So learn how to spunk yeah. out the eyes as well. Learn how to spunk out your eye holes. And if Jim's um, looking at clop, you're gonna sit there and take it. Damn right, you sit there and take that clop. Um <laughs> Speaking of my penis, I've been amusing myself all morning um, with the thought of a, of a woman looking at my penis <laughs> underwhelmed and me trying to explain its, its like, pointless size um, by screaming its satire at her. Um, and, I, I, and that's just an image in my head that I need to share with the listeners, just me whining, but it's satire, but it's satire, uh, as I'm disappointing yet another woman in bed. <laughs> You are you have a satirically tiny penis, and you know it's it's just it is all for performance art. It's it's a prank. Don't don't you get it's it? It's a there's social a, experiment. There's a video camera. It's a social experiment. Don't sue, please. <laughs> it's a prank, bro. It's a prank, bro. Come back. So oh, so that's been my morning anyway. <laughs> so we are the internet's number one video game podcast, ranked by no one, enjoyed by better. everyone. No one ranked us it, but fuck it, we're gonna give ourselves the rank. We are the number one. We fucking talk about video games Who's gonna occasionally. Stop us? Who's gonna stop us? Uh, probably like licensing boards or whoever is actually ranked number one. Who's like, no, stop, you know, taking my thing. Fuck them. Fuck it. Bigots. If if they're number one as a video game podcast, then they're probably not listening to this wank. So yeah, they probably don't even look at clopping. Um, exactly. Hello, Laura, by the way. Laura Kate there, uh, star of stage and screen. Hello. Hello. How are you doing this week, Jim? Um, I think I'll just let everyone know. <laughs> you have done a lot of telling everyone now. Uh, Outside this, of that, I've been all right. I've been good. I, I've been good this week in that I finally have fibre internet, which means like I did I'm an so HD gaming stream for two hours and the quality didn't drop at any point because I got 25 meg upload speeds. Woo. I am, how the kids say, mad jelly. 80 like, meg the... down speeds. Woo. And the, Sky the Skype call seems to be behaving itself so far. I know, we're yeah. actually having a well-behaved Skype call. I'm like, this is, fingers crossed, a miracle. Yeah, I mean, the listeners won't really, like, tell because we all record locally, but... Your voice, like, is coming through so crystal on the Skypes. It's magnificent. I'm, um, I'm, I'm now having the moment good. of, like, Gavin's coming through fine and Jim's coming through a little wonky, and I'm like, it's probably not my internet. It's probably Jim's. No, it's American broadband for you. Um, yeah, or I mean, it could like, be like, my Irish spires. potato internet. Like, no, just, no, Gav, you're coming just through your, fine. Your internet is, like, falling apart by osmosis. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, I have so fibre internet I'm happy now. Um, and the other side of my week is that... Um, I, I have a, I have a fun little story to start off the podcast to give you a sense of the kind of week I've had. Um, I was playing a game of Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, that, that Wii U game where it's a board game and you use the Amiibo. I needed to roll a six. I may have said six out loud several times and then jokingly said, oh, I'll promise to the devil, like, you know, have my soul, it's fine, you know, give me a six. 
I rolled a six. Everything went downhill from there, and I think uh, I may have I may have ruined my own life by making some kind of satanic ritual as part of a game of amiibo festival. So that's the up and down of my first week. my eyeball, and now you're amiibo. I, like I know, I the I, devil is amongst us. Indeed, he it's it's a one of those wishes that has a back draft to it not a backdraft that has some kind of evil twist to it it's like oh no i gave it's a you the six. poor scenario i gave you the six out of ten of the six you needed on your dice but now someone took your bag in amiibo festival and you lost 75 grand in one turn Woo. yeah you're gonna be standing at a train station sometime and the ground is just gonna open up and you'll be dragged down to hell yeah, and I'll be sat down there with all like the you know murderers and rapists and everything, and they'll be like, "What did you do to end up in hell?" Ugh, I sold my soul for a six in Amiibo Festival. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Laura, like hell won't be so bad because it's got all the cool musicians, so well, exactly. you'll have some good tunes down there. Yeah, I- I'll be down there with a lot of pretty cool musicians, so I'll I'll start a band. It'll be lovely. How are you, and Gavin? You're here this yes. week. Hello, Gavin. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> you had any Fair wild enough. hijinks this week? Uh, any wacky shenanigans? No, no, I have no not. capers, no schemes. You didn't sell your soul in order to turn Jim's eyelid inside out. <clears throat> no, <clears throat> no, no. Where would you get waste that of idea? A soul. <laughs> I was like, listen, Satan. These motherfuckers. Every every week for almost a year, they like made it out like I had some disease, and then people were drawing like fan art of it and shit i will give you my soul if you make jim have an affliction that is worse than my foot oh god does jim now have the ever worsening affliction yeah oh no oh, my... this, is, did you also ask for yours to be cured is that why we haven't talked about yours in ages mine was cured ages ago it was when i stopped playing bloodborne it it got cured oh okay you, yeah, okay yeah. <laughs> Like the sickness in that game actually like reaches out. It and acts like a kind you. of milk of magnesia and just kind of drawing the yeah. drawing the pus out of the the body. That's how Bloodborne works. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of drawing pus out of bodies, you know what's happening yes. in 2018. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> There's a live uh, I may have heard. <laughs> There's a live action slash animated Sonic the Hedgehog movie coming to theaters in 2018. Uh... There so will we say basically, that. you're telling me in a medium that has games like Mass Effect and The Last of Us, we're getting a movie about a character that doesn't actually have any character. We're getting a movie about an anthropomorphic blue hedgehog who's got to run fast. I wonder if he will successfully run fast in this two-hour movie motion picture. Here's my question. I'm I'm hearing live action slash animated. Is that because we're not sure what it's going to be? Or no, is that it because is we're going to have a... It is it's both. a Smurfs it is, or a Chipmunks style? It is a style. Smurfs slash Chipmunks-esque oh, situation where oh, we are going to have live action oh, no. stuff with animated characters. No. And you know what this is all leading to? You know, there's, I think it's Sonic 06 where like Sonic just kisses like a human woman. Oh, no. No. That's going to be the culmination of this movie. That's why it's oh. at live action slash animated. They're going to make a human kiss Sonic. It's going to be like pretty explicit. Wow. I just, oh, that's uh. going to be so cringeworthy. Like, oh, I'm Sonic. I'm in the real world. Oh, look, it's New York City. Well, what am I going to get up to here? I ran through a portal way too fast, and now I'm in the human world. Gotta go fast! Oh, oh God. I'm waiting for the 45-minute interlude in the middle where it's just Big the Cat trying to fish for Froggy in a swimming pool. 
You see, that would be more preferable to what we could... Oh, we're going to get, like, fucking Jeff Dunham or someone's going to play Dr. Eggman. Uh... It's... Oh, I'm going to be so sad. Oh my god, does this mean we might get, like, an actual theatrical release that has Shadow the Hedgehog in it? <gasps> oh. oh! This I... is all making me no. so upset. <laughs> Dr. Robotnik is going to be played by, like, Jonah Hill, and they're going to go for the comedy thing, and the movie's mm. going to be directed by Adam Sandler, and it's going to star Adam Sandler as Sonic. <laughs> and he's just going to have his fucking, his, 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 like hair painted blue and his face painted white. I just want Sonic the Hedgehog the motion picture to do well so that we get the spin-off um, 20, 2019, 2020 Shadow the Hedgehog with I Am All of Me as the theme tune. I hope Shadow's in the movie being all emo. Yeah, exactly. We can have him up against the other 2018 blockbuster Voiced with by... an emo lead. We can have him up against Kylo Ren. Voiced by Aubrey <laughs> Plaza. Yeah, that works. She'd be perfect for the, just the disaffected, yeah. not botheredness of Shadow. Um, I think Bill Murray should play Sonic the Hedgehog, obviously. Of and then you've got a movie. I, I think that's a pretty decent movie you got there. Um, they got to have Benedict Cumberbatch in there because he's in like every single movie that's these true. days. He can yeah. be the um, he can be the father of the kids. Who's the, in the this French movie? Sonic. Dum dum dum. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yep, he's in it again. All here's the thing: putting some of the snark aside, this might not be terrible. Oh, and don't! That's Laura. the first mistake. Okay, okay, and I'm gonna say one thing here. Okay. Every time that a Sonic video game has tried to do story, it has been utter horseshit. I'm not gonna lie. Have either of you watched any of the Sonic Boom cartoon series that exists? I will admit, I've, I've not seen it, but I will admit I've heard it's good. I watched like five episodes of it because I kept hearing it was good. I wasn't going to keep watching it, but it was well written, well acted, and like very well paced. Mm. I didn't hold my attention beyond like five episodes, but I didn't hate that I'd watched it. Yeah. So I'm like, get that team doing a two hour long thing. That might not be shit. Now, Maybe. it's probably going to be shit, but... No, because they're not like, going to get that team, are they? They're going to get some Hollywood script treaters mm. to just, like, make a, a, an abomination. Well, that's it. It's going to be shit, but yeah. they do have that avenue where it's like, you do have people that can write, like, amusing, well-written Sonic. Well, I mean, this is indicative of it. the problem with Sonic overall. Every time they get, a like, a popular, successful idea... They don't keep it for the next one, and they just try and reinvent the wheel again. Mm. And we're seeing this with the movies now. It's like Sonic Boom, apparently quite good, well-received, clearly popular. Why aren't you just doing a Sonic Boom movie? Why isn't the Sonic movie just fully animated and, and a Sonic Boom-style situation? Mm. Because they every time they do something new, they've got to reinvent the fucking wheel. They've yeah. got to do some new game, some new take on every it. Every time they have a halfway decent idea, it's like, okay, rather than polish that up and fix the issues people had, we'll scrap yeah, the whole start thing start from start scratch again. Because, yeah. like, what was it? Sonic uh, Lost World, which was the one they did that was, like, Mario Galaxy? Yeah. Flawed, but really good. Probably potential. The, probably the most I've enjoyed Sonic in, like, a decade or so. A sequel could have built on that and made something, like, you know, really yeah, special. Yeah, you could have but... fixed up the problems people had and made a really, really good Sonic game. And instead they were like, yeah, it was good. It wasn't great. If we do something new, it might be great. Let's do yeah, it. It's like, it's like trying to learn to build a car by 
building a new car every time you try rather than like working on the last car you made and you've got no experience with making a car somewhere in there that metaphor i just said makes sense oh that new draft of that miracle of sound song i wrote because i'm gavin it was a it was pretty good it wasn't perfect yet so i'm gonna throw it out and write a song about a different topic instead and that one will be better ironically i do often discard songs because they're shit and start all over again yeah, but you don't well, you don't discard them from... because like you put it out, it was okay. You then take it back, and you're like, no, I'm doing a different thing now. At some point, you have to finish things. Yeah, you're not exactly. You're not quite Sonic Team yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, it's okay. I mean, you know, I I will probably watch this. I mean, I'm gonna have to because I do the spin-off Doctors now, so I've got to watch these. Uh, fucking video game based movies even if well, I don't want to here's the yeah. thing. I'm, I'm expecting to cringe so hard all of us do because we live in hope of the good one like we does had... that mean you're gonna have to watch it, the Assassin's Creed movie I've already had a request from someone to do it yeah you're gonna do it um, that one actually I'm gonna I, have to I, I think that might actually be pretty good you never know ah oh, that you've fallen into the trap for that one Gav mm. I'll be honest like like you know s- story has never been my issue with Assassin's Creed and it's got Marion Cotillard in it, and she's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And Fassbender. I mean, yeah, but good. we've seen them take good actors and make shitty video game movies in the past. That's no mm. guarantee of anything. Like, this is the thing. Like, we had one good video game movie. We had Wreck-It Ralph that came out, and now the problem is, is that everyone has in their mind a good video game-centric movie can be made. Maybe this will be the one. And it's given everyone hope again. And that is a problem. Because we're going to get let down. It's going to happen. It's going to be terrible. Video Games the movie was pretty good too, even though that was a documentary. Yeah, documentary I think is a bit easier to do than... I wasn't too keen on the the indie game movie. Indie game the movie is polarising. Can't blame you for I never finished it. it. I just... I, I, I didn't hate it, but I just like... I had no... No desire to finish it. It is very much what it is, and if you're not enjoying it ten minutes in, you're not going to be enjoying yeah. it at the if, end. If you have the kind of temperament that makes you like easily want to punch people, it's not the, the, a good movie to watch. Mm. <laughs> the, the video game movie I am kind of watching out for and being like, maybe this will be the one. Everything about the Warcraft movie so far seems promising. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe that's going to be the one that's good. I think the only fear there is just how long it's been in development hell. Yeah. It's just been so long struggling to get to uh, this stage. But, you know, games have had... I mean, games, movies have had troubles like that before and have turned out okay, so who knows? The the movie I'm excited about, it's not game-related, but they have fucking announced that they're working on Saw 8. Yes, please. Haven't they killed off literally every villain in that universe multiple times? It doesn't matter. I mean, they killed off Jigsaw like by the third film, and he was still in the seventh. It don't matter. It's it's gonna be so fucking ridiculous. I can't wait. This is the last time like I remember seeing one, and I don't remember which one this was. Was this five that ended with the giant ice block and the guy that like if his feet (laughs) if it melted too much he would like hang and electrocute something? Um, That five. That was four. Okay. That was so four, yeah. I, I remember watching that one the whole way through, and since then I've watched like bits and pieces of them on YouTube and been like, how weird are these films getting? Um, you know they what are I, brilliant. You know what I legitimately enjoy? Watching the like behind-the-scenes documentaries on YouTube about how they make each of the like the murder traps? 
They're mm-hmm. genuinely fascinating. Like there is a video that's like ten minutes long about the pit of needles in the second one, where it's like, oh yeah, we took out ten thousand needles, uh, took out all the tips, replaced them with uh, you know all this fiber stuff that looks like needles, but it bends on the skin. Uh, then we had to like fill it up, so we filled it up with like empty syringes that didn't have anything in the top, so it looked good enough. I'm like, that's interesting. That that's is it we- clever. Is it weird? This is a question for you. Is it weird that um. I love like gory stuff, like like exploding heads and all that. It's like gory movies, but when it comes to like actual torture stuff, I can't watch it. Is uh, that really weird? weird? Is that a no. common thing I, among I, people? Or? I don't think that's uncommon. It's the difference between like just having the gore, and yeah. the, the difference with the torture stuff is that there is like a very big, very long, drawn out, tense build up to the gore. Yeah, and that sort of requires you to have that like building anticipation before the gore and that can yeah. be unpleasant for some people like the gore the gore's fine i don't like sitting with the with the you know build up yeah. maybe like gore is just like you know heads exploding or like instantaneous it just focuses on the death and the mm-hmm. you know stuff that you can disconnect from whereas so it's more about the, actual, the pain it focuses yeah. on the pain and i can see that being um you know uncomfortable yeah. i mean it is some of the stuff is uncomfortable it, um, it even forces, i say that as a fan of the, the series yeah it's as a series it forces you to focus on like the reality of this gore is happening to a person who is experiencing the gore mm. yeah like it's it's tough to tough to chew through for some people and i totally mm. get that but i mean for me like there was one scene in one of them that i looked at on youtube and i couldn't finish it it was where they had to saw their own arm in half from the fingers upwards. Oh yeah! Oh like, yeah! That nope, one. Nope. 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 <laughs> yeah. That that one was uh, that was Rita from Dexter. Um, mm. Or um, oh god, what was her name in Buffy the Vampire Slayer? God, why can't I remember her name? Yes, alright. It doesn't matter. It's a video game show. Um, who cares? But yes, yes. Um, I am looking forward to Saw Leg- Legacy. Like I'm a bit. I'm a fan of how ridiculous the series is, but I'm also a fan of how much effort they actually go into explaining all their plot holes. Because there's obviously so many as it builds up, but the, each film retroactively goes back and says, right, everything that was wrong with the story so far, here's how it's okay. And so much effort has been put into crafting a weirdly coherent story that is still gibberish that I can't help but respect that series. Yeah, it's eight movies in, and it's still building up a lore that somehow kind of makes sense, and that is... Yeah, and I I find that fascinating. It's impressive, I'll give it that. Uh, You know what film comes out this week that's apparently, like, pretty decent? What is that? Deadpool's apparently pretty decent. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I saw some early things a few weeks ago where people had seen it and were like, it's really good, and the reviews came out this week, and they were like, Look, it's not perfect. It's not the best superhero film, but it's a damn sight better than what we usually get out of Fox. I'm like, that's that's good. I like that. Go Deadpool. I'll probably go yeah. see that now. So yeah, movies. 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 Video games. Uh, hey, we're covering everything today. Exactly. We're talking about we're like a, Polygon. Yeah, we we cover all of the media. You know what is a piece of media that we can cover this week? What was uh, that? Since since last week when we talked about Twenty Two Cans and Molyneux. Things have happened. <laughs> uh, I tried so hard to give them the benefit of the doubt. And fuck it, I was made to look a fool for giving them the benefit of the doubt for a few Their days. name is 22 Cans? Yeah, yeah. 22 What's cans. that, like a woman's football team or something? What, like, what did, where did they get the name for that? I honestly well, don't words, know. isn't it? I it's know like... there were 22 staff members when they opened the studio. Yeah, and, and it sounds like 22 Cans, which is the best bird. Yeah, so it's a, it's a fun play on words. Which which two staff members when they launched the company didn't get a toucan? 
Because I feel quite bad for them. The twi- Peter Molyneux is the kind of guy who would give his staff two cans. Yeah, but like, if if there are 22 staff and only 20 two cans, who didn't get two cans? Or maybe maybe they're like, um, our game is so good that it's only like 20 reviews away from appearing in the Cannes Film Festival as an interactive movie. Oh, so it's 20 to Cannes. Yeah. Oh, I see. So yeah, stuff that happened with Goddess Wars since last week. Uh, when Goddess War, when we recorded last week, Goddess Wars had like kind of been announced and I was very much playing the, hey, if this is all he does and he does nothing else, then, you know, maybe this isn't terrible. Let's, let's give him a day or two. Uh, Goddess Wars came out in early access. It turns out that, you know how they said, oh, all Goddess players will get this mm-hmm. for free? <laughs> uh, like two hours into it, there is a £15 microtransaction if you want to keep going. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we gave this to you for free, but you do have to pay for it. It's not really free. So fuck, I couldn't believe fuck it. them for that. Seriously. Like, like already knowing how people were going to be pissed yeah. off at this whole thing and how people are, you know, were already how, pissed at God. How did they fucking think that would be okay? That's it. The disconnect from reality to, or just the sheer arrogance of to, it was just to present amazing. This, to present this as a free game as like an apology for goddess backers and then it's like fuck it you gotta pay so the where this goes is that the internet understandably goes fuck that they and went ape shit yeah goddess and the 22 cans and peter mullen you were all like fuck okay we took the microtransaction out it's free now <laughs> and you know where this kind of gets worse and this is a thing that's evolved over this week uh-huh. uh brian henderson got put as a character in goddess wars it turns out this is in like, in the place of where they were going to put him in Goddess, which meant that this was where he was going to get his revenue share. By removing the microtransaction, <laughs> Brian Henderson's not getting any fucking money. <laughs> so, uh, they, fa- they somehow found a way to cave in and not give Brian Henderson his cut of the profits. Cause now so basically, what share. like, 22 cans is what they fucking drink before they make any business decisions then. <laughs> I, I have spent the last like week and a, I spent the last two weeks working on a feature that I don't know where I'm going to put it yet. But basically, the 13th of February last year was when I put up that interview with Molyneux. 13th of February this year, I'm putting up a thing that's like, this is where things are with 22 Counts and Molyneux a year later. It's, I didn't even think uh, about the Henderson revenue share yeah, thing. Yeah, like, I didn't that, even... No, that is what the fucking microtransaction was going to be for. Gorgeous. And, like, my entire Malinu thing... needs like, to hire a I, no person yeah. oh, to tell him thing. no I just want to point out, I'm not laughing stupid. at... He fired his I'm no not laughing at Henderson. I need to point <laughs> yes. that. I need to make that clear. I, I don't find the way they've dicked Brian around no, funny. No, it's fucking terrible. But, but it's just cosmically... 22 cans is sheer yeah. fucking incompetence and inability mm. to do anything right. And, and by that, I mean, like, the right thing is just incredible. <sighs> I'm sorry, yeah. I elbowed my desk That's there right. with sheer emphasis. This, the whole thing about this is just the fact that, like, a week ago when I was looking at my draft of this, I was like, you know, I'm going to have to talk a little bit about the fact he started talking to press almost a year later, blah, blah, blah. It's not yeah. going to be that not going to be that harsh on him, you know. Let's see how things go forward. And this week I've had to redraft it like four times as things come out. I'm just like, oh, 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 I'm going to have to be bloody critical of you, aren't I, I'll tell you what, by the end of the month, they'll be lucky if they've got 22 fans. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> 
Oh. And the month after, they'd be lucky if they've got 22 coins. Oh. Hey! One thing they're not short on is they'll definitely have more than 22 cons. Oh. oh. <laughs> so, yeah. And everyone would be saying they're 22 cons. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. The, the summary <sighs> is they put a big fat microtransaction into a thing that they said was going to be free as an a apology. Then took out the really. microtransaction. Then it came out that because they took out the microtransaction, they're still not paying the person they were going to pay. So, oh, oh dear. Right studio's wrong. a shit show. It's, wow. And you can't like, be just... mad at me for calling you a shit show right now, Molyneux, because a week ago I was defending you. No one else was in the games press. Everyone was like, fuck you, you're an arsehole. I was like, no, no. Let's give Molyneux the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's he's okay and he's not an, an arsehole. No, he's, a, he's an arsehole. What did I say? It's what I said last week. Vampires can't come into your house unless you invite them. Well, and there he is. I didn't. Uh, I, didn't I want to suck your Here's blood. the thing. I, d- um, I didn't invite him. I cautiously looked out the window and said, <laughs> I'm not going to assume he's a vampire until I've watched him suck someone's blood from the other side of my window. And I, he said, and, That's good enough for and me. This, and then he no, put a brick through your and window. And this week, I watched him su- drain someone's blood. It's like, I probably could have stopped him doing that, but he didn't get me. So it's fine. I didn't invite him in. I just was like, I'm not just going to shut the windows and ignore this. I will look out. And just keep an eye on him. Uh, oh, he's a vampire. Fuck. Worst part about Peter Molyneux is you don't know when you've invited him in. He could be in my house right now, making promises to my dog, offering him bacon and then giving him none. The newest part of, uh, of, of Goddess Wars is that when you download that game, even if you don't get the microtransaction, you've invited him into your house. It's in the EULA. That's it. Uh, he gets to stay with you whenever he wants. He gets to stay with you, Jim. He doesn't get to stay with me. I never, what? I never, I never downloaded it. I just watched other people oh, playing it. <laughs> God, I, I watched other people's coverage and I didn't touch the thing. So you will be the eaten one, Jim Sterling. I can already feel it. Just this overwhelming pallor of disappointment in my office. He's here. Molyneux is like the posh British Axel Rose of like, of of games. I mean, he put out like some a couple of brilliant things when he first started and it's slowly gone downhill and now he's taken fucking forever to make his new thing which is pissing everyone off and probably going to be mediocre give it give him another 15 years he's going to be like fat and dating lana del rey apparently apparently not but you know very talented though lana del rey oh i love lana del rey she's so good you know what maybe lana del rey should develop goddess i bet she'd do a better job yeah she should she she should probably take Axel's job uh, for the tour as well. She's probably a better singer at this point. To be honest, Lana Del Rey should host this podcast. She'd do a better job. Lana, you know what Lana Del Rey should be should have gotten the job for was the Bond theme. Yeah, she was her yes. whole musical style and the way she kind mm. of does the retro sixties feel to it. She would be so good for a Bond theme. And uh, yeah. she could write the worst song of her career and it would be better than that fucking Sam Smith shit show. We're covering all the entertainment today. This is the Sam Movies, Smith Bond the song, music. right? That's <laughs> fine. We'll get, we'll get uh, Kate Bush to do the next theme and it'll just be... That's the Kate Bush song. Speaking of Kate Bush, the weirdest thing happened last week... Um, I was like in in my room working away and I, I hear running up that hill outside. I'm like, what is going on? And there was like a flash mob right outside my window. <laughs> oh, I saw the photo. Doing yeah. fucking Kate Bush. I, yeah, I put a video up on Facebook, actually. 
Oh, I didn't see that. I thought it was just a photo. Yeah. No, it's a I'm video. i to check that out. That is pretty weird. It's still not the weirdest thing that's ever happened because you do live in a world where uh, Kanye West likes a giant finger up his bum. So, yeah. you know, weirder things have happened. Well, we, we won't talk about Kanye's antics this week. We'll move swiftly on uh, from Kanye that. Kanye did things this week that yeah. we will not dignify with coverage. Yeah. Um, moving on! <laughs> Molin moving on! Molin moving on, indeed. Uh, the Binding of Isaac... That's Is- my new thing. Yeah. When I when I do things, I Molin Yuvon. Yeah. Ah. Uh, the Binding of Isaac, that game that Jim quite likes, it's not coming mm. to iOS. You know why Good. it's not coming to iOS? I hate that game now. Because you murder little kids in it. And That's it, child abuse. They don't want that on yeah, the App Store. They have a rule against like any kind of violence towards children. So they're like, nope, doesn't matter that you play as the kid. It's it's violence against a child. Not on not on our store, you don't. Yeah, um, fair enough. Like, I, I've said this, I've, I say this... I said this with uh, GTA 5 and Target and Australia and all that shit. Like, if, if it's their policy, it's their policy. Do I agree with it? No. You know, I'd, I I think Binding of Isaac would probably be a lot of... I'd love to see it on iOS and reach people and, and, and everything. Um, and the news is um, rubbish. It's fucking rubbish. Mm. But at the same time, I mean, if that's their policy, that's their policy... I'm not going to march in the street about censorship or any no, of that but stuff, it, it does, but it is dumb. it does suck, and it's, yeah. the, the way that they're very black and white about it, and they have very little There's nuance, no nuance in that position, no. is unfortunate, because yeah. I know this is the same reason that, um, I believe, uh, what's the game, Papers, Please was refused on iOS initially, because it's like, nope, violent things can happen to children, therefore, nope, you can't have a kid getting harmed. I'm like, no, that's that's a really, you know contextually appropriate thing in a game and like, yeah like it ignores like what the it, it ignores any of the nuance of the piece of media which i get why they have to do that because they're ios and they get so many things submitted to them that they can't be like a bbfc or a whatever ratings board peggy or whoever that's hypocritical that's that's you know you know hypocritical I was playing like Mario before and Baby Toad like fell into lava and got horrifically burned to death, but they allow that. Did did you play that on iOS? Uh, definitely, yes. <laughs> well, if it's on iOS, it shouldn't be. Yeah, it no, sorry, I actually be... <laughs> wasn't listening and I thought you meant Nintendo. No, no, no. Nintendo actually did that, The Binding of Isaac on. They were a bit iffy about it at first, but they did do it. There's um, a guy whose name I forget, but but I'm sorry, I apologise for that. There's a guy who worked at Nintendo who worked very hard to update Nintendo's like old-fashioned policies yeah. uh, in order to get games like Binding of Isaac up there. So, you know, they're, they're archaic, ooh, no religious stuff, like kind of kind yeah. of attitudes, and they got rid of that. And that, that was good to say and ios needs a similar thing where it's like we need to revise and refine some of our guidelines because by no religious stuff do they mean no religious stuff or do they mean religious stuff is fine as long as it's not satanic imagery no 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 you couldn't have like a christian iconography really uh yeah Yeah, there's that while there is satanic imagery in the binding of isaac like it's it's the whole premise is uh, a mother who watched uh, too many Christian broadcasts and then got told by God, allegedly, to kill her son. Wow. Uh, and it is based very heavily in criticism of religion, um, which was too controversial for Nintendo at the time, but they, they changed yeah. their tune. Um, whereas on iOS, it's the depiction of uh, potential child abuse. And there's themes of child abuse in the game. Um, you know, that is one of the darker elements to it. Mm. Uh, but, you know, within the context, there's no reason why it should be treated as something... You know, it's not Beat Your Kids Simulator, Ha Ha yeah. 2016, which unfortunately is an actual game. I covered a Greenlight trailer for yeah. it once. Um, there's a difference between that 
um, and The Binding of Isaac, which I did mutter it while we were talking, but I hate that game now. You hate it? Why do you hate yeah, it? Yeah, because I unlocked the lost, and now I hate <laughs> it. A hundred losses in. Um, I've managed to beat the chest once with the lost. So I, I have actually managed to win once with the lost. And bearing on, this is before Afterbirth, because it's not mm. Afterbirth's not on PS4 yet, where they make the lost a bit better. Uh, but the lost is, for those who don't play it, a character that cannot take a single hit without dying. Um, so you've got to do a game that gets pretty damn tricky to not ever get hit, um, being a shoot 'em up, uh, and you've got to do it without getting hit. Um, there are items you can pick up to help, but. Fuck me. It basically makes you play on get good mode. It's not fun. It's not then fun to play, play like that. why do you play like that? Go back to one of the characters you like, Jim. Because I, because I want to unlock the things. That's the annoying thing. Playing as the Lost unlocks the best items in the game. But if you're good enough to get them, you don't need them. Because you've just <laughs> played as the Lost. I mean, I was very proud of myself for being able to get to the chest, which is one of the one of the ending paths. Like, get to the chest and beat it. I I did unlock Isaac's heart, which is a terrible item, and the body. Um, and I wish I'd gone the other way because it's the the mind and the soul are the other two items you can get with the last that are really good. And so I chose wrong. Um, and then if you do everything with the last shoot and eventually get the Godhead, which is just like this ridiculous item that you don't need if you if you beat it's the last. You don't need uh, it, but you but, do uh, need it. But is that not kind of like the typewriter in Resident Evil 4 that like it just it's a cool thing to have a bit of fun with as a reward for doing so well? Like um, the satisfaction of just blazing through everyone easily. Was that what the Tommy Gun was called in Resi 4? Or am I yeah, the Chicago typewriter, yeah, yeah. I unlocked that in Resident Evil 4. I don't think I'm ever going to see yeah. the fucking Godhead in Isaac, so now I hate it. Well, um, and it's the worst game I've yet. ever played. You haven't got I, good yet. I haven't got good yet. Um, it did, but actually, I am now surprised that I think of it, it kind of ruined the game. It gun. was definitely something you... Yeah, I mean, it was a good gimmick, but it, mm. it did make the game, like, just not even a game. Mm. Um the the typewriter but yeah i'm actually still like i think what i'm gonna do now is like i've i've managed to beat the game once as the loss that's good enough for my sense of pride now i just need tyrone rodriguez to hurry the fuck up and get afterbirth on ps4 and then i'll play it with uh some of the protections and stuff they've given the loss to make it more playable <laughs> uh, i've played it what done once enough for my own personal sense of pride now i'd like the crutches please mm-hmm. um when the fuck is afterbirth coming out it's on, it's on still not on 3DS either. I, I, it's still up in the air if it'll ever come to 3DS. Yeah. So who knows? It'd be. I'd like it to, because um, my wife plays the 3DS version. Um, but yeah, I've been waiting for Afterbirth for ages. Like I've been playing it on PC, but it's like that's not where all my progress is, so I don't want to do too much. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's that. That was what i've been doing with games this week if anyone's fucking interested while we're talking about nintendo stuff briefly uh you know how years ago nintendo were doing a quality of life thing called the vitality sensor that never happened oh god i vaguely remember do you remember this it was the thing that you clipped onto your finger and it was going to feel your heart rate so that when you played horror games it could tell when you were scared and scare you at your most scared and things do you remember that being a thing yes uh do you remember that wow. a year or two ago, Nintendo talked about a new quality of life thing that was going to be something to do with monitoring your sleep? Uh, that I'm less familiar with. This was a thing that Nintendo talked a couple of E3s ago about. They were like, okay. oh yeah, we're going to do a new quality of life uh, initiative and we're going to do some kind of thing that will monitor you sleeping and that will be to do with something with video games. And we didn't hear anything about it for a while. 
And then this week, they're like, yeah, we scrapped it. Apparently, like, watching you sleep is not a good way to interact with video games. Fair enough. Yeah, Nintendo decided they're not going to watch you sleep, so sorry. Well, if that's that a was, shame. If that's what you were looking forward to, Nintendo are now not going to watch you sleep. It is, it's my fantasy to be asleep and have Reggie fees and me, like, staring at me, like, paranormal activity style, like, throughout the night, motionless, just stood with his arms flat at his sides. Well, he probably can still if he wants. If you've got your Wii U gamepad around, he can probably just like remotely turn on the video chat app and watch you that sleep. That would be nice. Yeah. I'd like that. You could go on Celebrity Big Brother, Jim. Come come over to Britain and go on uh, Celebrity Big Brother. And then everyone can then everyone can watch you sleep. I, I'd rather chew me on dick off, but <laughs> Well, we, we have no guarantee that Reggie Fisa May watches. You might go on that show for no reason and not get watched by Reggie Fisa May while you what sleep. What have I got to do? What have I got to do to get Reggie Fisa May to watch me when I sleep? What what have I got to do, uh, people? Okay, first up we'll start a fan petition. Um Reggie Fisa May needs to come to Jim Sterling's house and watch him sleep. The petition. Yeah, so, so long as she doesn't mind sharing the bathroom with Peter Molyneux. Yeah, because we got what fifty-five thousand, sixty thousand listeners. We can we can get a good number of signatures up. We can get some press for it. Yeah. All right, then that's what we do. Set up a fan petition. Um, I won't do it, but if anyone listening wants to set that up, I'll I'll signal boost it. <laughs> um, that that'll be what we do. We'll campaign to get Reggie Fees and me to watch me while I sleep. Like he doesn't have to do it all the time. Just just and once. We can, just once, we can organise this at like if if we're in the same town for an event or something. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, there is now a better than good chance that I'll be at PAX East. I'll there's, be in Boston. There's a vague chance um, I might be as well in April. I yeah. I've been looking at this, and if it works out, I might actually bump into Jim somewhere, which will be nice. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Apparently, it is much cheaper for me to fly to Boston than it is to fly to LA. By like, it's about a quarter of the price. So I'm like, oh. I, I could, I could pack East, yeah. Mm. What about EGX, Jim? Because both Laura and myself should be at that this year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's. I don't know. Like I said, my my scheduled Britain um, uh, time is September, mm. so we will make. We'll, we meet all the br- cool British in... YouTubers like Dan Bull. Oh, yeah, Dan oh, Bull. Oh, yeah, oh cool. speaking of Dan. <laughs> What's Dan? Um... Finally, there is another human being on the planet who didn't like Undertale, and it's Dan Bull. <laughs> I have been chatting to Dan about this. Uh, he got so much rage on Twitter from Undertale fans this week. The thing is, like, <laughs> that I sucks. If he doesn't like yeah. it, he doesn't. I, I love yeah. it, but it, if he doesn't like it, it is it, he a game that like is it. definitely not for everyone, and I have no ill will against anyone who doesn't enjoy it because it's like, well, you didn't enjoy it. I don't enjoy. Uh, I don't enjoy the original Doom today. So mm. you know, we can all be wrong about something. I do have ill will towards you for that, though. I mean, that's sacrilege. You're I, insulting I my religion. I had other Laura. people come to me. <laughs> to being like yeah i agree with you it doesn't hold up as well as everyone thinks it does i'm not alone in this gavin um, so yeah what else do we have on the on the news this week um some backwards compatible games on xbox one accidentally got leaked and put up online and then taken away so for like a couple of days this week you could play red dead redemption on your xbox one and then they took it away and they were like oh we were just testing that we didn't mean to put it up sorry bye for god's sake I see things like that and I just think, for God's sake. They really need to just re-release that now because if it runs, why not? Yeah, and from everyone that was playing it, they were like, yeah, we've not noticed any kind of significant issues on Xbox One. It seems to be working fine. And they were like, nope, we've not put it out yet, bye. I hope Rockstar does either that or another bully before they do another um, Max Payne or GTA. I would put money on their next game being Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, I would put Mm. money on that. 
I feel like that's where they're going. Am I, am I the only one who wants Bully too? Did I, did you guys like that game? I thought Bully was fantastic. I don't mm. think we will ever see it come back. Really? Yeah. I'd love to see Jimmy Jimmy in the college years. That could be so much fun. They really did like just drop it, didn't they? Yeah. Bully? yeah. They they really just forgot about it. I don't know. Was it a success? Or? It did okay. It did not do nearly as well as Red Devil, Red or GTA. Like it was not. It was not the worldwide success that those were. At the time it came out, I mean, it's been surpassed now. But at the time it came out, it was my favorite Rockstar game and my favorite like overworld in a Rockstar game. It was because it was so much smaller. They had mm. so much more detail. In it, it is one of the most interesting games they've done, and it is just a shame that it it was profitable but not GTA profitable or Red Dead profitable. And Mm -hmm. it seems like they just dropped it because of that. And that's a real shame. Also, when are we going to get the next Rockstar table tennis? Yes. Where is it? I need angry table tennis. Um, Other things this week. Titanfall 2, which hasn't even been properly announced yet, but everyone knows is probably coming at E3 this year. Apparently it's going to have a proper story mode. And the story, we got a load of details about what the story's probably going to be. That's good. That's good. I think it needs it. It does. Uh, The story, as they've talked about it, is it's about uh, technology advancing to such a point that it's becoming indistinguishable from magic. And basically the wars of, like, super advanced tech versus magic. Also, there's mechs there. Which I think so that sounds like bionics, pre- so are like biotics in Mass Effect. Yeah, that's kind of thing. that's what I'm picturing is basically like mechs, but also like biotics from Mass Effect. I am cool. I'm on board for a story about that. That sounds cool. Mm. Yeah, that sounds fun. I'll I'll take one of those. You know please. what I think? Actually, I think um, it's actually been a topic that's been coming up recently about FPSs. I think it's time for another World War Two shooter because we haven't had one in so long. Like, ever since, like, Call of Duty 4 kind of Mm. blew the world away, everything's been getting more and more advanced and technological and sci-fi. And I think it's it's a good time now to have a good old-fashioned, simple shooter come out. To really drive home that point, like, I made that point several years ago. And we haven't had a a big World War II shooter since then. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it it is weird that, that that feels fresh. Still, it like wasn't World of War the last, was so... the last big one. It's the last one. It was the last big yeah. one I remember. Yeah. There have been others, but that, that was the last like big. My big suspicion one. is the reason they that uh, Call of Duty aren't doing it is because it's hard to sell a step back in mechanics as a positive thing, and to say, oh, you're going to go back to having guns that aren't as good, and you're going to have less of these tools available to you, and but that's a good thing. But that's what every fucking Call of Duty player wants. That is what every regular Call of Duty player wants. Everyone is less actually bullshit. wants that. That's not a yeah. thing that a boardroom thinks an audience wants on paper. It's not what a focus group tells yeah. them they want. I mean, that's well, the that, thing. That's it's... It. The boardroom say, we're going to take out a bunch of stuff and set it in World War II. And they're like, wait, we can't sell. We took stuff out. It's. It might not be what the... Um... Like, obviously, Call of Duty sells a lot, you know? So, like, it might not be what a lot of the kind of very casual players want, but for the the core audience who play it a lot, they are always, always asking for it to be back, put, put back a bit and yeah. simplified a it's, little. It's the question of, know? do the marketing department think that they can sell it, even if mm. it's like, we are removing features that you've gotten used to? I don't know. It's like when it's like when bands talk about going back to their roots, you know? There's a certain... True, but, but I mean... I. 
from a marketing standpoint, it isn't. It's less about going back to the roots and more about like they're selling something that that looks like a step back. Like even if it's not, like even if it's more it's... visually advanced, going from the modern times to World War Two, like we're so used to seeing things always moving forward that it's going to look like a retread, even if it's, it's not. It's an like, additional it's, it's... hurdle that they have to overcome. It's like, how do you make this look distinct? if not by creating new technology that only exists in this screenshot. like Yeah, and it's not like I agree with it, but but it's that's the nature of escalation in entertainment. It's like always this, there's always the same anger risk, you know? <laughs> like when Metallica yeah. went back to their roots and unfortunately like ended up sounding like they recorded themselves not being able to play <laughs> in a fucking Dell container with a lunchbox for a snare drum. Yeah, I have to. I have to stop these music references, don't I? There's been far too many today. People are going to be giving out to me. Well, the problem is, like, I I'm just like, yes, that is correct, Gavin, who knows music. I I don't know music as well as you. You're probably right. Yeah, we trust yeah, you. We don't want to question any of your opinions on music stuff. Um, well, well, Saint Saint Anger being shit is kind of generally like you know accepted amongst music people. I I, I, will I take agree it from you that yes, it is generally I agree. accepted. How do you do, fellow children? Indeed. Uh, other things this week. There's a load of rumblings that Mother 3 might actually be getting an official localization. finally. Lies. I'll believe it when I see False it. False hope. I'll believe it when I see it, but the rumblings are getting stronger in the same way that they've been getting stronger for two or three years, but they're getting stronger. Yeah, like I'd... I, you know, fingers crossed. Wish them well. Yeah. It would be I, nice. I would like to see it. Um, until then, I'll just play the illegally purchased GBA ha- ROM hack that I have that lets me play it in English on my GBA. Because th- those exist, and I'd have given you official money for it, Nintendo, but if you don't want to sell it to me, I will spend £15 on a copy on eBay, thank you. That runs on my GBA in English. Uh, other stuff that happened this week. Uh, the developer of Undertale kind of is interested in porting it to the Wii U talked to Nintendo about doing it. They don't know how to code. They made stuff in Game Maker and they were like, I don't know how to code for the Wii U. Someone else want to do it for me? And a bunch of indie developers were like, yeah, we know how to work on Wii U. Do you want us to port it for you? So, no official word that Undertale's coming to Wii U, but it's... Things are happening. Sorry, someone's calling Firewatch SJW the game, so I'm going to make fun of them. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus Christ. Like, I, we really are at this point where it's just any game you don't like, you're just going to call it that, yeah. aren't you? You're just going to use that fucking term for anything you don't like. You utter fucking dullard. That game where you play a big burly man running around a forest, um, like, doing, putting out fires and being a manly man. No, it's an SJW game. Uh, uh, what else is there on news? We'll get to Firewatch in a second, because Firewatch, I have thoughts about, and Jim might have thoughts about the beginning of anyway, but uh, Twilight Princess HD is about to come out, and apparently if you have a Ganondorf amiibo, you can play that game at eight times difficulty. <laughs> I do have a Ganondorf amiibo. Yeah. Like, despite swearing off them, I did see a Ganondorf amiibo in a shop, and I was like, because I really like Ganondorf. So see, this, this is the thing, like, I did that for Shovel Knight. I was like, I really bloody loved Shovel Knight. Yeah, I'll buy one. So I'm still buying the bloody things. But the way this works is apparently there is stacking difficulty. So when you buy Twilight Princess HD, right from moment one, you can play on hero mode, which doubles the damage you take. 
if you use the Ganondorf amiibo, it then d- adds a four times multiplier on top of that to your damage. Oh, it turns you into the lot. And it basically means every time you get hit, you lose like, yeah, were you going to lose one heart of damage? Nope, now you're going to lose eight hearts of damage. And that seems like a fun challenge for five minutes. And I will probably yeah. die a lot. Like I'd play it like, like, like you say, five minutes for the gimmick of it, and then I'm like, no, thank you, because mm. because you won't unlock the Godhead playing as it like that. So who gives a exactly, shit? Exactly, but that's a thing. If you're a masochist and want a hellish challenge in Twilight Princess, rock out your Ganondorf amiibo. And last thing I think we got on the uh, the topic list for newsy stuff, game trailers is gone. Yeah, that's sad. Yep. Yeah, it just seemingly out of nowhere it just vanished well i mean seemingly out of nowhere insofar as they pulled the rug out of the staff's eyes out eyes sorry i got eyes on the brain now (laughs) or in the brain um from under their feet you know they just pulled the rug out from there were no rumblings Um, from anyone that this might happen not so soon um Mm. there were there have been rumblings for years that game trailers was in trouble Uh, it Mm. was pretty much an open secret but after you know they were moved into a new office and had stuff renovated and all this stuff. It's like, well, you know, maybe there's some life left in it. But then just this sudden, like, it, it was like something everyone saw coming, but still too quick for anyone to have mm. been prepared for it to happen the way it yeah. happened. I mean, that that was shit. Like, to find out so suddenly like that, like, I mean, because a lot of people tell me, like, you know, oh, do you worry about working, you know, for yourself and doing the Patreon thing? It's so so unsafe it's so shaky there's no security there i'm like yeah but at the same time i'm not gonna wake up one morning and suddenly be told that i'm fired that i'm laid off that my company's gone you know um eh, I'll you see might. well i mean it's like well, everyone I... suddenly realized they hate you overnight and you wake up it's like oh oh all the money went yeah it's not well likely, I mean, but it could happen the chances of it are no greater than you know, being laid off from a, a corporate job. Like, the, mm. people act as if crowdfunding is somehow less secure and less trustworthy, but it's like, y'all haven't worked um, for many corporations, if you think that, have you? Mm-hmm. Uh, this this stuff will just happen. Um, you know, I've worked at, you know, everywhere I've worked, there's been layoffs, and no one ever sees them coming, and suddenly mm. you don't have a job. Uh, and that crowdfunding is almost more secure for a lot of creative outlets nowadays. Yeah, in some ways, you can, yeah, you can usually see your work, like your income, fading away slowly rather than dropping away to nothing. Yeah, if my Patreon, like if my Patreon stuff starts to lag, it's like I can see it coming, and I will be able to like work on my next out. Um, mm. And actually, you know, one of the reasons I've survived so long doing what I do um, is. I'm very good at that. Like, I've, I've often described my career as a series of safety nets. Because I'm always thinking about, like, if where I'm at now fails, what's the next move? Yeah. And that's how I've survived. And that's how you've sadly got to survive in, yeah. in, in games media, especially if you're working for a big outlet. Because they can't afford they can't afford to run the way they run anymore. Like, they shouldn't... Their model doesn't work. And I wrote... I don't want to go too much into what I wrote, because I wrote very extensively on the Jimquisition.com about... Um, an article called Game Trailers was a victim of itself, um, where I explain it in more detail. But the current model that's keeping these these outlets going, like it doesn't work. It it mm. just doesn't. Uh, it's it's a flatbed of contradictions that they're building themselves on, and it's such shaky ground. And Game Trailers, you know, we're going to see a lot more of that. 
we're going to see a lot more of it because the models mm. just don't work. Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate because, like, as you were saying, the sort of instability of work and how work can just drop away out of nowhere is a thing in any type of work you're in. Like, the work, last job I was doing, working retail, I came into work one day, found out I didn't have a job, and my job was gone. Mm-hmm. And that was that day. And, like, that can happen anywhere. We saw it last year with Joystick as well. Yeah, and I feel so bad for the for everyone who's affected by this. Um, hopefully they have been doing the thing of, like, putting those feelers out there so they have places to sort of soften the blow, maybe. But, yeah... You know what their last uh, act as a site was? To go back and change their score for Bloodborne to a 10. Oh, really? Yes, I did that see that. That was the last thing they did as, as a site. Was, was a key what, what was the original score? Oh, I can't remember. It was slightly... The, the, the big thing was, is they've never given a game a 10 before, yeah. like ever, in their they, whole history. Yeah, it was, it was quite wow. close to a 10, but they've never given a 10, and they went back in and they were like, right, Bloodborne is our only 10 we will ever so give as a Bloodborne site. Bloodborne is their game of all time. I suppose so. It is their mm. highest rated game they have ever rated. It's pretty it good. The only t- it's the only ten they've ever given. I, I can and get behind their decision on that one. Yeah, that is a pretty that is a pretty strong move to leave on. So respect to them for that. On but. on on that note, did everyone see the uh, the Dark Souls three in an intro cinematic that came out this week? Yep. Like I'm it, excited. As if that game was exciting look. enough. Oh. <laughs> I ain't gonna look at no more Dark Souls three stuff. I I get to go and uh, play some of that game soon and capture oh, some I'm footage so of me jealous. playing it. Y- if you want to watch that footage, you'll get to see how mm. much I suck at uh, at Souls games. But uh, everyone sucks at Soul games when they oh, play it the first time. We do. Even, even when you've played the the previous ones, you suck yeah. at the new one for a little I'm, while. And I'm going to be even worse because I'm going to be sat there trying to take like preview notes and check my captures running mm. and I'll be there dying and then I'll put it on the internet and everyone will be like, you got to play Dark Souls 3 and you were that much of a scrub. Mm. It's really I'm hard like, to yeah. play Dark Souls when you're... Because I did a live commentary on my on my first run of Dark Souls and the comments in the video were like, why are you doing like making all these stupid decisions? And it's <laughs> like, well, because you're not really... You're trying to think about talking so you're not thinking about maybe the most intelligent yeah. in-game decisions. I've I've had that problem before. I've also had it go the opposite way, where I couldn't beat. Um, oh, what's the boss I could never beat in Bloodborne on New Game Plus that kept annoying me? Parl, giant was it? electric. It was the giant electric skeleton Parl, dog thing. Parl. Parl. Yes, uh, Dark Beast Parl. Yeah. Couldn't beat Dark Beast Parl. Did a live stream and was talking about something else and not like focusing too much on it. And I actually beat it. By, like, talking about and thinking about something else and not stressing about it. That's where Jim's theory on Parl comes in, in that he's more intimidating than he is difficult, and he scares yeah, yeah. you into backing off, and, and that's how that's you lose. Thing. Sometimes it is better to, like, be doing something like that, but in most situations, you will suck at these kind of games if you're trying to do something else at the same time. Mm. So that'll be fun for me when I play DS3. Um, that cinematic was fucking amazing, though. Go and watch it if you... Uh, if you uh, if you're listening it's, it's gonna, beautiful it's gonna look, and it's it's gonna get you hyped it's gonna look damn good in a music video too yeah indeed it will mm. gavin <laughs> <laughs> um so we haven't talked about games we've played yet this week really uh mm. gav you finished rise of the tomb raider yep how did you feel about that <clears throat> i really really enjoyed it it was one of those very rare games as i said that i didn't want it to end and when it ended i went back for more and did the deal well so i haven't finished the the dlc yet but um, yeah, do it was you see really what good. I mean about I did, like I did feel mm-hmm. now this might just be because um, 
it didn't have the excitement of the first one because the first one was the reboot. It was the one where we meet new Lara. It didn't get me going quite as much as that one with the story. Like, and and it didn't have quite as many memorable moments as the first one, I thought. Like the plane crash and the climbing of the tower in the first one and the kind of windy ascent mm-hmm. up the, the final building in the first one. There wasn't anything in the second one, really, that compared to any of those three things. But it was still a really quality game all around. I, I feel like Rise of the Tomb Raider was a more consistent narrative that had yeah. less issues and um, there was just more consistent throughout and it was building yeah. a better base to like have these games continue. Um, Definitely. The little stinger you get at the end that teases where the narrative's going from here, I'm like, oh, you've set up like a good direction for this series villain to go and things yeah. like that. It's, it's, it's a very rock solid game, even if it doesn't have like as high a set of peaks mm. or as low a set of lows as the first did yeah and that's pretty much like a, such a minor criticism for me because i loved it but it didn't have mm-hmm. the set pieces in it weren't as memorable as in the first one to me and i don't know if that's mm-hmm. just because the first one was the first one you know for me i don't see that as a negative the trade-off of like sure we're not getting the same like highest highs but i've not got that same sort of disconnect with points of the story and the parts where it's weak and inconsistent aren't there bothering me i was happy to make that trade-off for a more consistent story throughout yeah and it is a much more consistent story and she's a better character in this one they kind of they they accept how flawed she is as a character in this Mm. one and that's what reassures me for this going forward is like i really hope we do get to see more of these games because they have set up a very good continuity for this Lara. So And I think you, yeah. you I think you and me both would agree that uh some more tombs would be nice. <laughs> yeah, they would be because the ones but, they had were know. great this time around. I'd like them actually integrated into the game and I'm not yeah. saying that just to be the snotly oh it's called Tomb Raider, there should be tombs. But I mean like yeah, my, one of my, one of my big problems with, with Rise was Ev- there was so much stuff off the beaten path that I felt uncomfortable ever moving forward mm-hmm. for fear of missing things and it just the the part of me that that hates the idea of missing something like I it it froze me in several places I was like mm. I felt overwhelmed by this stuff like to have so many vague tomb markers and on d- my yeah, map it's difficult to remember which ones you were after doing and because you know like you need certain yeah it's the the Metroid style thing yeah. you need certain things to go yeah, in and it's certain not, places and... the map's really not designed to properly mm. reward the Metroid stuff like because because like you say you don't know what you're what works where once you get it i I kind of one thing i really miss from the old tomb raider games is the huge elaborate puzzle tombs like i i would love if they had a couple of those in the new series and they don't Mm -hmm. have to make them super hard because i know the game really doesn't want you to lose but they could then have like the really hard ones as the optional ones you know i'm hoping that's kind of what we get with the next game because we're slowly moving that direction a bit more but we'll we'll see where the next entry goes i do hope like it do- i mean god it doesn't need to be as hard as <laughs> oh god like, tomb no. raider anniversary yeah. god oh my god there were some moments in that where i nearly smashed the it fucking just wasn't TV. fun <laughs> yeah. it just wasn't fun with the challenge it had that final do you remember that did you play that game Tomb Raider anniversary. Yes, yes, Do you I remember did. the final level? There was like this tower, this tower you had to mm-hmm. climb up the inside of it, and yeah. oh my god, it was so fucking hard. Yeah, there is a point where it's just like, I am just not enjoying this anymore. Yeah, and I never felt like that with uh, 2013 or, or Rise, but no. I let's find a happy medium between Rise of the Tomb Raider and Tomb Raider anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jim, what have you been playing this week? Um. Unravel. 
Yeah. Mostly. We've all I've played that, have we? Yeah. Yeah, we've all yeah. played that. It's a game yeah. all three of us have played. Hooray. Um, I have right. mixed feelings on it. I thought it... I've been the same way. I'm very inconsistent in yeah. my thoughts on it. Um, it, it, it has. Um, this one thing that really surprised me in this game is how awful the tutorial is. Um, for, you- for a game that seems aimed at... Like, I, I was showing my girlfriend the trailer... And I was like, you might actually like this. This might be one of those games that you'd actually pick up and play, you know, because she doesn't play games. But sometimes something will come along and she'll try it. But and I, I was I had this in my mind. This game seem, seems to be aimed at people who like a nice kind of adventure, a casual thing, maybe. And then the tutorial just does this fucking info dump on you in the first few minutes yeah. of all these mechanics. And it doesn't let you use the previous mechanic for a while before teaching you the new one. And I said, that's going to turn off a lot of casual players. My my biggest problems with it, and before I jump into my problems, like, it is an undeniably beautiful game that mm. is, like, very well put together from a visual and audio standpoint, and mm. it's lovely to look at and to experience. And to listen to. The music's mm, gorgeous. And to listen to, yeah. yeah. My big problem with it was um, there are times where the challenges in that game are not challenging. Um, they're not challenging so much as... I am angry and frustrated that you are giving me a challenge that I can't overcome with skill. I just have to luck my way through it. Mm. The physics are shit. Let's just let's just come at the physics are shit. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking Did about. Did anyone else get annoyed oh, at the very okay. first puzzle with the apples? No, I was fine with that. The <laughs> that, place that where I first me. got fucking annoyed was the mosquitoes. The buzzing insects that slow your jumping and your ability to throw your, your yarn. Oh, wow. Because... They swarm you, and there's no way to get them off other than run away, run back, and hope that they don't catch up with you, or that all of them follow you away. Actually, the game doesn't tell you this, but if you whip the lasso repeatedly... I know this, but here's the problem. You know where I was trying to use it? You know where you've got to pull that suitcase up out of the water onto a log? Was it latching onto the suitcase instead? It's latching onto the suitcase, and that's the other problem, is you you can swing your yarn around to, like, scare them away, but I'm trying to jump on top of a suitcase, then jump and use a lasso. Every time, it lassos the suitcase rather than batting away the insects. The most common complaint I've heard is how finicky the controls are. They, they are Here's finicky. the thing. It plays like Little Big Planet. Yes. Like, mechanically, it mm. feels exactly like Little Big Planet, which had, to be honest, crappy platforming. Mm. Because the big draw of that game was, you know, making your own thing. Mm. Um, so I never liked the, the, the way things felt in that game. Like, everything... Like, things that were heavy, like rocks, felt like they were floaty, and the same is true in this. It feels like someone made it in Little Big Planet. It's, it's really difficult to tell as well what items you'll be able to pull or won't, because there are several that look like they're light enough for you to pull them. Like, oh yeah, I can pull those rocks and use them for the solution. Nope, can't touch those ones. Those are heavier than they look. Yeah, the visual language in the game does not mm. yeah. communicate well. One puzzle stumped me for a while because a rock I was supposed to pull looked like just part of the wall. Uh, I got stumped for a while because a, a branch I was meant to jump onto looked like it was a background element. I didn't realise I could climb onto it. Yeah, I've had one area where, like, I've seen video of it done, where, you know, Yarny, the, the, the character you play, grabs onto the ledge and climbs up. But there was one bit where, like, it wouldn't grab the ledge and jump up. I just had to keep doing it and doing it and doing it until it finally decided to grab the ledge. The visual language of that game does not do a good enough job of explaining what you need to know. Mm. Um, like it's style the, over functionality. Actually, it's concentrating what, on making yeah. it look pretty without making it functional. You know what visual effect does not work properly? 
the little bit of glistening that says you can climb up something, like a yes. set of plants or something, that is not noticeable It doesn't enough. help that... That after the first time you climb up something, you don't see that mechanic again for ages. You don't ages. do it until like the th- the third level along. Yeah, and... there's stuff in there. There, there is stuff in that game that is like just straight up bad design. Well, that, like, that, straight that's up why the tutorial design. is so terrible because it just dumps yeah. all the info on you at once and never tells you again. Yeah. Now, this all being said, I enjoyed Unravel mm. quite a lot when I was enjoying it. Mm. Um, I think that the sort of narrative it's woven and the uh, the characteristics of their main character, the use of really beautiful backdrops to what you're doing, that stuff is all absolutely marvellous. It is a wonderful game to go through mm. until you hit one of those points where it's like, I can't work out what to interact with to continue. What mechanic am I meant to be using? Oop, the controls aren't working properly. Those moments brought me down mm. from being like, this is amazing, to being like, this is good with heavy criticisms. Like, if you compare, I I... if you compare to, say, the puzzles in The Witness, you're like, most of the time when you're stumped in The Witness, you know it's because you just either haven't worked out how to do the puzzle yet, but you know there's some way that you are going to be able to. And usually it's just because you, you haven't been able to do it yet. But in this... Here's the thing about a good puzzle. A good puzzle doesn't let you go too far without realising you're not doing something right. It allows you to experiment and say, okay, I can't go this way because I get blocked here. I can't go this way because I get blocked here. So logically, through deduction, this is the solution. But there are puzzles in uh, Unravel where you can... It will let you keep hitting your head against a brick wall without giving you a clue that that's what you're doing mm-hmm. that you're going the wrong way that you're you're trying yeah. to pull off something you can't pull off and and because there's no good visual communication you don't know that that what you're trying to do is is wrong yeah like there's one point i reached where you're trying to get into this like sunlit meadow and there's just not enough yarn and you have to like backtrack in a direction that you wouldn't otherwise have any reason to backtrack in in order to find a way to get more yarn. It's like, oh, nothing about the game, the world's design told me that like going that way might yield results. It was just like, no, you've obviously done something wrong since that last bit of yarn you got. Just backtrack to there. And I mean, I actually, uh, I liked the, the, the whole running out of yarn mechanic because it was the one original puzzle the game had. And that's it's barely actually used. I like it when it's used properly. Like there's one section where it's like, oh, you've got to not just swing across these platforms. You've got to tie your yarn up so that it doesn't end up in the water and you've got enough to make it. Those times are really good. Mm-hmm. It's I found, the, I found it very, I actually, there was, there's times where you're like, you're just about to get to like the checkpoint or whatever and his yarn runs out and you're just like, Fuck! It's excruciating, yeah. Nancy, I liked that. I liked the excruciatingness of, I just need to find a tiny bit of wiggle room in what I've done to make it. And you're like, Like, where did I hitch this up wrong? Like, that's good puzzle design because then you can trace back and see where's the turning point where this broke? Like, where's the... Where's the fork in the road where, where I took I the wrong angle? Where can I save some room here? Where and that's good puzzle design. Space? But there's there's not enough of it. And I think my biggest problem mm. is like, I, I, I've not hated my time with it. Like I said, it's all right as a game. But it's a game that feels like Little Big Planet and plays like Limbo, which had a way better atmosphere and did a lot more with its puzzles and uh, was less frustrating, to be honest. Much and didn't less, have yeah. moments. Limbo, did, yeah, Limbo didn't, it, didn't, it didn't frustrate have moments, me once. It didn't have moments where you could go, like paint yourself into a corner and not realise you've done it. To yeah. me, the pressing down... Like, you can press down to restart from a checkpoint. Mm. And to me, 
that always feels like a developer admitting they failed. Yeah. It's like we yeah. failed to make this so that it's impossible for you to fuck it up. Like, like mm-hmm. I feel like in a puzzle game, that's like there's one bit where you can drop a crucial thing in the water and not get it back, and the only way to fix that is to restart the checkpoint. And that the game doesn't has had to wallpaper over the problem because that's what that is. Restarting from a checkpoint mm-hmm. is wallpapering over a problem. I just get the sense that this game is just like not not all that well put together from a design standpoint like there's a lot it's it's got so much polish but the actual design elements feel slapdash Mm. here's my like big takeaway about this game and this should never be a thing that someone should have to say about a game i prefer unravel at going through it knowing the solutions and Mm. that might be because you've already completed that level it might be because you've gone and looked at a YouTube video to find out how to do a puzzle you're beating your head against. If you know what to do and there is no challenge, that is actually a really enjoyable game to just, like, go through. I feel like that's what the game wanted to be more. And that's the problem, is the poor puzzle design holds you away from that. And I'm like, here's my advice to anyone who picks up Unravel. It is a beautiful game. At the first sign of you beating your head against something and you can't work out what to do, go look up the solution because you might well have hit one of the points of poor game design. I honestly wouldn't advise against it. Don't be afraid to go look up. You will have a better time. If I you're feel like the game to wanted to be an experience first and like a puzzle platform a second. And I think that's communicated by the fact that many of the puzzles are intellectually lazy. Like there's so many drag rock here to jump up high. So many tie a bit of string here, tie a bit of string there and use it to as a trampoline. Like so many puzzles just get repeated. Like I just feel like... It's creatively treading water just to give us all the nice vistas and, and pretty... Like, the bits that really stand out, like like hitching your string onto a fish and being dragged across the water, or being chased by a gopher, oh, like, or, or the crab the puzzles. Yeah, like, there's these moments that are wonderful, and I feel like the game is almost like paying lip service to gameplay to get to those moments. It's like, well, I guess we better have some puzzles here, otherwise they won't call this a game. And I like, I get almost a self-consciousness from some of the puzzles, where it's yeah. just treading through, the, like going through the motions just to get, get to the next good bit. And there are some beautiful bits in there, but they're stitched together with just some, what I consider, sloppy, sloppy game design. I'm, I'm so glad I played it, but... Just don't be afraid to check walkthroughs if you can't work out what you're mm. what you're doing wrong, as there are several points where this game will just mess you about. It's not like The Witness where you'll feel like really accomplished and clever for having solved something. There's mm. there's not that payoff here because it it often really is is like how was I supposed to know that bit of the wall wasn't a bit of a wall but a rock? How was I supposed to know you could grab this bit of tree? Like yeah. it's and unlike unlike the witness if you look up a solution to the uh, to a puzzle in the witness you'll probably fuck yourself over going forwards because you didn't understand how you got that solution mm. which will make it a problem for you getting later solutions you won't have that problem at all with unravel uh, it's never building on knowledge of you solved this puzzle now solve this slightly more difficult one with knowledge you gained from that last one yeah they're all just arbitrary physics puzzles half the time which, yeah. which puzzle games do you guys think did it perfectly with the like i i would probably name limbo and portal yeah portal and portal 2 are very much up there with like teaching Mm. you properly i would Um, again to point out one of the obvious ones i would give uh, the nod to braid as well yeah that was a game that understood its own mechanics and if you understood the mechanics usually did there are times where i'm like fuck you braid like when you (laughs) had to wait in a level for like 
40 minutes for a star to shoot across the sky at one point in Oh, that. I never bothered with this. Fuck yeah. the stars. There's, there's one where it's like, you've got to stand in this room and you've got to keep moving your controller because if it's a wireless controller and it like turns off, it won't trigger. And you've got to like keep moving your controller and stay in the level for 40 minutes until a star flies across the sky at night. And that's how you get your solution. I'm like... That's not good game design. <laughs> yeah, the stars, I will say, I mean, like, when I talk about, like, Braid as being good puzzle design, like, the the main puzzles, the some of the star stuff, like, that's when we get into arbitrary guess-what-I'm-thinking-in-my-head territory, mm, which, yeah. which when games do that, like, when, when a puzzle becomes guess-what-I-was-thinking-at-the-time, <laughs> like, like that's just so fucking shit. Exactly. Um, the other one I'll give a nod to is Antichamber, which is a game that does not get talked about enough. Um... It is a non-linear exploration game where you have... It's it's very similar in its ideas to something like Portal, but a lot of what it does is to do with uh, messing with perspective. So you might, like... You might have a wall that um, you can't see because, like, the it's in a corner and the wall colours the same colour, so you just don't notice it most times you pass it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll have to walk backwards through an area and something different will happen. It's all about, like, messing with perspectives. That is a very well designed puzzle. Le- puzzle Lemmings game. was a great one as well. Yeah, mm. Lemmings is very good. Mm. So that's showing, yeah. showing my age there, but <laughs> no, that's that's yeah. a good call. Yeah. Um, Unravel to me is basically, and again, it's all right. It's 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 when it's on when it when it works when when it's got a really nice moment, it's really good. But for me, it's like Little Big Planet without the stuff that makes Little Big Planet mm. good and Limbo without the stuff that makes Limbo fantastic. It's, Unravel is great when it's not frustrating and when I feel like the problem is I failed a puzzle rather than the game failed to give me the tools I needed to complete it or wasn't well thought out. Because like that's the moment that sticks in my head is just I can't get rid of these bugs I need to get rid of because I also need to be on top of this suitcase and when I try to get rid of the bugs it latches onto the suitcase. That's not good game design. And Yanni jumps like shit as well. Makes fucking makes makes Simon mm. Belmont look like a long distance jumper. To be fair, he is a bundle of yarn. Also, how does yarn take fall damage? Oh yeah. How Sometimes does yarn that, take yeah. fall damage? I did once. Like I've only died to fall damage once because because I was I was impatient and that. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, like that. I, again, I, it's that point where the game is being a game for the sake of being a game. Yeah, where it's like it's you're like, taking why... full damage just because that's what games do. It's like, do I have bones? Because um, yarn, surely it's just going to kind of flutter to the ground and softly land, and then it's okay. Yeah. I've also noticed when you fall in water, you don't drown. You die just from being in the... like. You, you've got oh. to be in the water for a set amount of time. Mm. And I've been... There have been times where, like... 100% of my deaths have been from falling in water. There is, I guess, a logic to that. Like, I'm thinking the logic was you get waterlogged, and once you've been in the water too long, you're too waterlogged, and you won't... You'll be too there heavy was, to get to the there was It looks one like puzzle. bullshit. When, my, when I'm half out the water, when my head's above the water... And I'm climbing out, and then it makes drowning yeah. noises and well, fades out. Visually, like, it looks ridiculous. Yeah. If I'm underwater, why can't I start pulling on my yarn, and eventually I will get back out the water, because I'll climb the yarn. Yeah, P.S., when I become unraveled, I don't see any lungs in there. Yeah, exactly. There was but, one puzzle near the beginning no. um, in the sea, in the sea level, where you're you're supposed to swing over to the side over some water, and there's a platform above you with like one of those little reward things on it. Yeah. And it looks like a platform you should be able to swing up to. And yep. you swing right through the platform if you jump at it. And then it's hard to know whether you're not hitting it in the right place or if 
if it's just not interactable at all. And I think that yeah. that's bad design. There are so many moments of, am I doing this wrong yeah. or am I not supposed to do this at all? Yeah, it's it's a beautiful goddamn game that is ill-designed where it matters in terms of gameplay. Yeah. Like, they could have used some kind of colour coding to tell you something is in the background and something is something else that you interact with. I suppose that's why Limbo worked so well, isn't it? It had that simple colour scheme. Yeah, yeah. In, you know, incredible, simple, to-the-point visual design. Mm-hmm. And this game just doesn't have that because it was... It wanted to be pretty too much, mm. yeah. Which is fine, but and then don't I mean, be a puzzle platformer, yeah. and require, game. yeah. Like if you want to be pretty, that's fine, but don't do the kind of puzzles you're trying to do. You know what game doesn't have such a uh, problem with getting that balance right? Do tell Firewatch. Fire- yeah, everyone's been talking about Firewatch yeah. lately. Firewatch is a bloody good game. Uh, it's that game that they revealed for PC and PS4 back at E3, where you play a man living in a in a in the woods in a tower looking yes. out for fires i like the same as someone list, on yeah. my youtube channel did say today it's one of them sjw games it's one of them sjw games like where you play a big burly man that you know puts out fires the the core of being in an sjw what respect game is it an sjw game though? because it's like, a game what? that talks about feelings at some points all right and like Plus deals with on, interpersonal relationships you don't shoot aliens, and someone on YouTube didn't like it. No, like, That's your interactions with the world are explore the world, uh, put out fires, and throw boomboxes into the river. And that's that's an SJW game right there. That That it is. So, Firewatch is, like, maybe four <sighs> hours long if you rush through it. Um, six hours or so if you take your time and sort of do a bit more exploring. Oh, okay. And, Cause so yeah. is it, is it linear Laura or is it an open world or? Uh, it's, it's an open world, but there is a sort of linear story. So you could just go and explore the world. And, and you is there much, a reason to, do you actually get rewarded uh, for that? Uh, a lot of the rewards you get for that are things that you can have interesting conversations over a radio with someone else about. So, like, a lot of what you'd be getting from doing sort of your own exploring would be like, oh, here's like this tiny little muddy pond I found that has a jet ski crashed into it. What's the story behind that? And you get to have a nice conversation with them. Okay, so there is a yeah. reward for exploring. There, there is like a reward so long as you are happy for your reward to be, I had a really a interesting, yeah. well-written chat about yeah. this interesting story behind something. Um, mm. So basically, like, it starts off very much like a sort of, uh, like the beginning of Up, where it's like, here is your really nicely developed romantic story between these two people. Here's the twist because of what's happened between this couple that's actually a really interesting setup for a story. This guy, whose wife is still alive, has gone to, like, I'm going to go live in the woods in a tower and put myself away from everyone. And you got a radio and you're talking to someone else who's basically like, hey, people don't take this job unless they're running from something, so... You know, let's just chat. And you then spend a summer putting out fires and investigating some mysterious stuff that goes on in the woods. And it takes place like over the whole of like a three month or so span. The things I really like about this game, it is goddamn beautiful. It uses a lot of colours that you very rarely see. A lot of like really interesting mixes of like blues and oranges and greens. It is gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. Um, The way that it has like anything that's close to you 
is done as like a 3D model, but anything in the far distance are these very beautiful parallax scrolling 2D pieces of like art in the distance. That works really nicely. Um, and the, the writing is superb. Um, the writing and the performances put a lot of... Um, I'm going to say walking simulators for lack of a better term. I'm going to, yeah. from here, start trying to use um, interactive drama as a replacement term for that. But That's a good term. Yeah, so it puts a lot of those sort of interactive dramas to shame because it is bloody well written. It has a story that is actually, like, a good story, not just a good video game story. It's a good story. You could put this in another medium and that story would be engaging and interesting. And that's something you can't always say for these kind of things. Walking Simulator is such a, like, misuse. I mean, I, I know. Dear Esther yeah, is pretty yeah. much the only game you could really apply that to, exactly. isn't it? And that's why I'm trying to switch to interactive drama instead, because I saw that suggestion. I was like, I really like that. But um, mm. yeah, and the, the acting is really spot on. You play a protagonist who can be played a couple of different ways, depending on your dialogue choices. But the way I played them was a very sort of sarcastic dry uh sense of humor who was like a little bit touchy about some of the topics he was willing to talk about are, are your three choices yes no and sarcastic <laughs> no 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 your choices are pretty well fleshed out each time um your choices are sometimes like the kind of response you want to give like it might be oh i joked about this cave being a bit dangerous now i'm gonna pretend i fell down fell down the cave and be like oh ow and then be like yeah i got you <laughs> Like you get, there's a lot of really well-paced humor in the dialogue, and I really mm. like that. So yeah, I mean, it's it, the performances are fantastic, mm. and the um because you've put the, what the like story... forty minutes or so you put in so far. Yeah, yeah I want to get Unravel properly finished off, mm. which I, I aim to do today. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to it that I really like so far, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. And I love the sense of belonging in the world because that's my problem with games like Wander and Submerged and all that mm. shit, where it's like. Where I feel more like I'm just holding the camera for the story to be yeah. rattled off at me. Whereas this is one of those ones where I'm... It's not like everybody's gone to the rapture where I'm just watching other people be involved in something I don't give a shit about. Mm. It's like, no, I'm involved in this, so I give yeah. a shit about it. It's like, I am doing my job by running around shouting at people, being like, No, put out your fires, stop it. And it builds a story around that as a core interaction that works really nicely, so... I really like it. I thought it was a really good game. Some people don't like the ending. I think the ending is perfect for what the narrative was building to. And if you feel mm -hmm. a bit let down, that's probably intentional of where that narrative was going. So there you go. Like being disappointed by an ending doesn't mean the ending was bad in all cases. <laughs> I I know Pass. I know what you're thinking. Next. Fe a feeling <laughs> fuck off. A feeling of a feeling of like I left this feeling a bit deflated is very much what this was building to the whole way. And I'm like, okay, yeah. that's, you know, you justified doing that. I get why people don't like it, but I yeah. love that game. Firewatch. So good. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, what, what else have we got? We got questions this week. We got a bit of time yep. for questions. Yeah. Should we go on an hour and a half and we've not should, touched should, them yet? Shall I address my thing quickly oh, before wanna, we okay. do that? Gavin's got a thing yeah, to yeah, address yeah. and then we've yeah. got some questions to do for a bit. Um, I just wanted to like respond to like there were a couple of comments over the last couple of weeks about me like bragging on the show and perhaps I didn't communicate that very well but I'm usually trying to be very tongue-in-cheek when I brag um, about like everything else apart from my music and mm. I'm very confident about my music that's no 
surprise to anyone who listens but that doesn't mean you're you're you think yourself above criticism do you know what i mean and mm. um like when you practice something for a very very long time you get good at it that is just a fact that's the way life works and it would be dishonest to pretend otherwise mm. and i don't know people seem to think like I don't know. There was one comment saying you're in an echo chamber and you don't listen to your criticism. I'm like, man, I release my stuff on YouTube, which is as <laughs> yeah. far from an echo chamber as you can possibly have on but the internet. But it's as far as possible from as an escape from criticism. Yeah. As it's not as a place you go to get away from criticism. It's yeah. a chamber. Uh, it's a chamber of, of some sort. Dildos. Oh. And all of us. It's a dildo chamber. All of Sorry. us can vouch for this, that we have all improved our work by listening to criticism from exactly. our audience. And Oh, absolutely. So if, if I'm like bragging about my amazing ass and stuff, I'm joking. <laughs> I have a yeah. scrawny fucking arse, you know? <laughs> well, it's like when it comes to music, I know that you like, you obviously don't think you've got all the answers because it's like, no. um, like we can talk a little bit about this. When you were doing the uh, Jack, uh, what was it? The, um, assassin's creed syndicate song you asked you asked a bunch of people for feedback you were like hey i don't know which of these is a better version of the song can you have a listen and give me some feedback because you know you don't always have the answers and you're like i'm good at what i do but i don't know everything give me feedback and i also have like a test audience that i send stuff out to before i release it yeah you know and they're people who i know know what they're talking about they're musicians they're producers they're sound engineers and just be it's something i said on twitter is that like and this goes probably for you guys as well and anyone who's a creative person spends years mm. learning which criticism to listen to and which to filter out yeah. so don't get offended when yours is the one that doesn't get listened to you know it it usually means your criticism needs some work the, the, yeah the main takeaway i have from things like this is like my big takeaway is, hey, I like Gav. I'm really glad that he feels confident about his work because I don't feel confident about my work and that sucks. And I wish I did feel confident about it. So I I feel happy when I'm like, Gavin's confident about his work. But you, you feel confident about, like, say, the podcast, whereas well, I don't yeah, feel exactly. confident about like that. How many times have I said to you guys, I don't know why people want to listen to yeah. me talking you know? everyone has their like their things they're confident in and their things they're not mm. and i'd never really stopped to think about it until you put it that way but i was like yeah yeah that the, the podcast is something i'm fairly confident in yeah and you know i don't talk about that much but yeah i you know there is criticism and i get the criticism there is of me and my role on the show but i'm like you know i'm good at what i'm doing so screw you guys i'm going home. And at, <laughs> at the end of the day if you're listening to this I mean, there's a better than good chance that you watch the Jimquisition. If you're shocked by the sight of the sound of a man bragging. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? What, what have you been watching perhaps, and listening to? Perhaps, though, I'm just not as good as Jim is at clarifying when it's tongue-in-cheek. Well, I think the difference know? is Jim's entire, like, persona is based around that. Whereas when you do it, it's like... Oh wait, Gavin's usually like the, the the pessimist of the group. He's being he's being I'm positive. Not the and pessimist a... of the group. <laughs> you're you're, no, you're more fair enough. You're, you're usually not as like. I would say you are. I would say your delivery is drier. Okay, that's a good way of putting it. Your delivery is drier. So when you are like big and positive and excited about yourself, it's like oh that's a contrast, and it's about you. You're obviously boasting. Grumble, mm. grumble. But... I don't, you know, it's a, know. It's, a, it's... It's, a, it's a criticism that I will take on board. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not even a criticism. No, I think it's, it's just it's a, it's it's just people are expecting a different thing, and that's yeah. on them. I mean, it's it's 
people are just drawing the wrong in- interpretation. Mm-hmm. Now, con- con- contrast it to a, a bit of criticism. Believer, though, that if, yeah. if it were the case that the majority of people were taking what I was saying the wrong way, then I would definitely think that's a problem with how I'm saying it. And yeah, I, and I honestly don't think... I don't think that's the case, and I think you know, you it's fine, and I'm you know you're welcome to address it, but I I I, I think you you got nothing to worry about. Like I've said before, like there's a reason why y'all are here on the podcast. I think you're because... bloody great, Gav. So don't <laughs> be going anywhere. Thanks. Yeah, now if you guys could help me with my the bit of criticism I got this week. What was yeah. your bit Which of criticism? Was? I got this bit of criticism, and and unlike oh, Gav, was this the one that you wrote the response to? Yeah, oh, I'm not sure how brilliant. to fix it. I don't, you have know, to if read I, I don't know if I saw this. Yeah, you have this to is read a big creative problem for me. It's a big creative problem for me. Um, but but I got a, 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 a message that was, um, look, Jim, no offense. They're, they're always good when they <laughs> that, start when, with that. Whenever it starts with that, you know they're going to say something cunty. Yeah, no offense. Uh, I'm a big fan of your work, but I find you like visibly repulsive to look at. <laughs> so could you not be in your videos Christ. anymore? Um, you know, if you'd have more viewers, if you just did a voiceover, no offense, you double down late. I just, I can't look at morbidly obese people. I find them disgusting. And, you know, I just, it bums me out to look at you. Um, so could you just not? I'm I'm gonna, Um, I'm gonna put this one way, Jim. You get this once that, you know, you're okay. Wait until like, I get this pretty much any time I put my face on camera. Keep putting your face on camera, because idiots like that, fuck them. I like looking at you fuck on camera, Jim. It's like, I mean, bear in mind, like, like I think some people responded to it, because I mostly wanted to just show off the thing I wrote in return, uh, because I wrote a mini essay on why my Zeus-like body and chiseled jawline <laughs> needed to be seen. Um, and it was one of the best responses to a criticism I've ever gotten. Um, and I think some people wanted that I was, like, fishing for, um, like, compliments or, or reassurance afterwards and it's like no considering that comment came the day after i'd made out with my uh D dm and his girlfriend soon after um <laughs> considering the not to brag but well the amount of non-repulsed people i've had the pleasure the, of of talking the to the number of people who are happy to like lick on your genitals if offered you know there's a bunch of those people out there like at the end of the day like i i am under no illusion uh, about my own, um, you know, about my own issues and whatnot. And, you know, I work, I, I go up and down working on, you know, my appearance. It's, you know, it's, it is a weight problem. They didn't call it a weight opportunity. Um, <laughs> and it's something I'm, you know, I deal with and, and, and try and get better at. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I ain't up at night crying if some random on the internet doesn't think I look sexy because I I do all right in that regard um so I really was just genuinely not not I wasn't upset I wasn't offended by the comment so much as I was just like I've never seen anyone be so rude while thinking what they were saying was okay like the level of of disconnect from social norms and and just just general social interaction and basic respect was so amazing that i i just like i it 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 
still forces a big grin on my face. I've never known, I've never seen anything, and I've had people like straight up insult me, and and people close to me, and all this stuff. You know, I've had people capable of offending me before, but that was just that. I've never been so surprised by criticism before. Um, so yeah, unfortunately. Uh, unlike criticisms to my set design, my delivery style, uh, my writing, uh, I just don't know how I can fix this one uh, at least quickly enough for that person's liking. Uh, just wear a mask at all times. There's your answer. Yeah, I've got plenty. Yeah. Because I tell you this much, right? I ain't giving up the cheeseburgers. No, why would you? They're glorious. too tasty. That's too tasty. That's the problem. While, while you two were both talking about criticisms and audience feedback and stuff, this week I started doing a fan art wall because I want to be able to look to my right while I'm working and go, yeah, there's people out on the internet who think I'm fucking cool. So I now have a wall of my office that's just art that people that have done what of us. So Aww. that is a cool thing. I got good self-confidence this week. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Hooray. Yeah. Uh, fucking hell, we haven't even done questions. I've been podcasting for... this. In 10 minutes' time, I will have been podcasting for four hours. Wow. Like, I did um, Fresh Out of Credits, which which mm. um, ran longer than they normally do. There's apparently just something about me that makes things go on far too I, fucking I know, long. I'm looking at this being like, we're coming up on an hour 40. We've not oh. touched the questions. This might be the week that we hit two hours. It might happen. I, we can't. I've had an eye problem today. This is the problem. It, it's gonna happen one of these days. We keep crawling closer. <sighs> we did an hour 50 before we're getting there. Okay, question time. Uh, Gizanesha wants to ask, do you prefer games that have very different ways of getting to broadly the same outcome, like uh, Until Dawn, or games that have broadly the same way to get to very different outcomes, like Undertale? So lots of hmm. routes to one outcome, or not very different routes to multiple outcomes? I think the former for me. Like some, There's something about, like, achieving the same goal in multiple ways that i've always found just intensely clever mm. and i think uh about games like uh, a, a lot of the metal gear games did this uh, metal gear solid 3 was probably the best example of there were boss fights where there were just different things you could do mm. to change the way the fight goes um the big sniper battle against the end being the most famous of, of just so many ways of tackling that like three huge maps of just you and this guy like in a sniper duel which you could play like a sniper duel or you could play it some other way you could do things like shoot the guy's parrot to to achieve different things there were just little things you could do all of it like approaching the same general result but but could give a vastly different experience mm. uh gavin your thoughts on this sorry i had to run out there for a sec what was the question uh, do you prefer games like Until Dawn that have lots of routes to one outcome? Oh, yes. Or I games like question. Undertale where there are largely the same route to multiple outcomes? Um, the former, I mean, I, I think I've discussed on the podcast before that I actually don't like multiple endings in games. I feel like I, I, it all, I, I know I'm not objectively right on this, but for me, it makes me feel the story is unfinished when it has different endings. Um, I like the way Mass Effect 2 did it. You had the same ending each time, but with slightly different outcomes for your team based on how you acted. So, yeah, that would be the way I like it done. Oh, I, I, um, didn't li- I didn't like Undertale or Until Dawn's ending, put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I My answer to this is 
on paper, if I had to pick one or the other, like as a grand statement, I would say I prefer the former, where you have a lot of variation to a similar endpoint. The problem is, when that's done badly, you get the complaint that, like, I've made and other people have made that is basically, hey, that, like, it's transparent. It's like, no matter what I did, it was all going the same place. I felt like I had no control over where the story was going. And that is the inherent problem with the branching out but pulling back into the center and like mm. the, the the key example of this of why that's sometimes a bad thing would be everyone's problem with mass effect 3's ending which is they don't like that it was multiple paths that led to basically the same end point the, and, in fact the quite the opposite of mass effect 2 mm, and that's you know because it was the end of a trilogy that's where they were going is a trilogy that spread out multiple options then pulled back into one point um on paper, I prefer the multiple options because when you've got something like Chrono Trigger, for example, where it is you have to play 90, 95% of the same game before the point where it starts diverging, I don't want to replay that for different endings. Mm. In something like Undertale, where you're playing it a different way and the changes start to appear early enough on, I can live with like reused assets along the way. In general, I I don't mind knowing that I'm going to a predetermined point as long as I feel like I had an illusion of choice along the way. But again, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of caveats to that I thought, perspective. I thought The Witcher 3 handled it very elegantly in that there were three... There was one ending, but there were three different outcomes for the characters in that ending. And they, I'm not, obviously don't want to spoil it, but they were influenced by just how you acted during the game and how you Mm. interacted with those characters over the course of the, like maybe last 10 to 15 hours of the game. And I thought that was a Mm. really clever way of doing it. Wasn't perfect because it wasn't so clear really when you were making one of these decisions, but it was, it was still pretty elegant. That's it. Like ideally you'd have a nice middle ground like that where it, is different choices that lead to different outcomes Mm. and that like you have that entirely outward spread rather than like having to pick one or the other but not every game manages to pull that off um Mm. so yeah that that was a good question like there was in in in, like sorry to interrupt again but in the witcher 3 there's one point in the story where you're given the option to bring a character to see another character and if you're using your brain at that point you'll be thinking oh well that probably is going to influence a lot of things. And actually it turns out that if you bring the character to see that character, yeah, it does give you a different ending. And yeah. it's like, um, I just thought that was very clever because it, it, it trusts you enough to make that decision, even though it's not outright telling you mm. to to make it. That That is, that is a good call. Um, mm. So other questions we've got this week. Jonathan Elvery wants to ask... Do you think there are any games of this last, you know, this current or the most recent generation of games that 20 years from now you'll still come back and play? Hmm, interesting. Uh, I think I'm always going to play Fallout 3 just because of the nostalgia factor for me. Just like That is one I find very easy to go back to. There's, yeah. there's a few. Like, the one that always jumps to mind for me is The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. I think The Last yeah, yeah. of Us is one that I will come back to for many years to come. Um, it's a great story. I feel like Gone Home, I will probably, like, in 20 years, probably come back and play. Because, you know, it's a short thing that's just kind of there. Yeah. Two, 
I mean, hell, I've I've managed to play like The Binding of Isaac for over a year, almost every single day, mm. and still do it, still ad- like addicted to it. Um, so I could probably see myself still playing that twenty years. I'm from pretty now. sure I'll be booting up Dark Souls in twenty years from now. Yeah, as well. like the Souls games, I imagine will probably be in there. To the Moon, probably going to be there for me. Um, all of my games, as you can see, are like SJW things with feelings. Because, you know, <laughs> The Last of Us, that's an SJW game. It had a girl in it. <laughs> I think any game that has a really strong sense of place and atmosphere that draws you in is, is like, I know Jim didn't like it, but Assassin's Creed 2 is one I always go back to to just play for like half an hour just so I can be in that Venice atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jim, did, did you guess. have any, any Jim? Well, I've, I said the Burning of Isaac, and oh yeah, and the I have spoken. I have spoken. You have, you have spoken. You you said words, didn't you? I said words that came out of my mouth hole on my face. I suppose, head. I suppose you put words out your face. It is an interesting one. I mean, when you think about the games that like people are playing now, they're mm-hmm. still popular now from like twenty years ago. What are they? I mean, yeah. there's. I mean, Zelda games, I think, still have a lot of people playing the old ones. I think ones the more and... simple and straightforward a game is, it, it tends to, yeah. to have the best mm. staying power. Because it's hard to yeah. fuck something. It's hard for things to age when they're that... I mean, it's why Tetris is still so popular, you know. It's so yeah. so immediate. And then it's mm. part of what I like about The Binding of Isaac is there's an immediacy to it. Like, it's straight away... Even though it's got a lot of like, sort of depth in its secrets and unlocks and things, the the actual fundamentals of it are so straightforward and there's no pretense there, there's no flamboyance there, it is what it is. Um, mm. the, the, I think those are the ones that stand the test of time the most. Yeah. yeah like like Met Medal of Honor Warfighter. <laughs> we'll all be playing that <laughs> in 20 years. Yeah, like I'm trying to think what from 20 years ago I still play today. Like, Banjo-Kazooie's got to be near on 20 years old and I still go back mm. and play that every so often a uh, link to the past would be my one i have to replay mm. that like once a year yep, a link to the past mm. um i'm sure there's other stuff like a lot of rpgs from 20 years ago rpgs tend to hold up pretty well um <laughs> like the ps1 n64 era hasn't held up well at all i don't think but like super mm. nintendo rpgs like uh earthbound chrono trigger those have all held up really well. A lot of that era of Final Fantasy holds up really well. Um, you skip ahead to like the the PS3 generation. I think there's probably a good few PS3 JRPGs that'll last well. But yeah, I think I think fighting games as well are kind of infinite, aren't they? I mean, they have an infinite lifespan. Like F- Street Fighter Four will still be getting played. And I think that's years. A, another part of it. Like again, even though mechanically they can get very complicated with combos, the, the premise mm. is so straightforward and in your face. Two people smacking the shit out of each other. Like it doesn't get more <laughs> fundamentally simple yeah. than that. And and there's a gratification and a, a longevity to that. Mm. I think the biggest problem for fighting games lasting that whole twenty years uh, prediction is the lifetime of like production of old fighting sticks for those consoles. Like I think 20 years from now to find a decent fighting stick for your PS4 might not be so easy. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's always a bit of a question. Um what other questions have we got this week? Destiny. Everyone's going to be playing Destiny in 20 years. Yep, Destiny 20 years, 20 years <laughs> Destiny. Oh, I played Destiny for 20 hours and it felt like 20 years. Oh, burn on Destiny. 22 years even. Oh, tw- 22 c- cans, years. 
Oh, I made a comment. Alfred Dorr wants to ask, what should I have for dinner tonight? Um, wait, what country are they from? I don't know. Let me see if I can find them on Twitter very quickly. Like that would that would help. You should have you should have the disgusting residual pus and blood that leaked from uh, Jim's eyeball. <laughs> Alfred Dorr is from the UK. They they are a UK based UK battered sausage and chips. I I was gonna say that in the UK you can get like really good uh, sweet and sour battered chicken balls from a Chinese. I'd say get nice. some of them. Don't worry with the sweet and sour sauce that comes with them. Ask for some curry sauce and have them with curry sauce. Uh, maybe do them with some like fish and chip shop chips on the side, like those. A fry up. Oh, a British fry up. I, I'm. I was wondering this. Um, I know in America they don't do it, but is it common in Europe or is it just the UK and Ireland that does that kind of um, like sausages, black pudding, white pudding, rasher fry up? What? Wait, what's white pudding? It's like black pudding, but a kind of like a mix between black pudding and sausage. I didn't know white pudding was a thing. I've never heard of white, white pudding. White pudding just sounds like I got black pudding and did my thing with it. Yeah. And we call bacon rashers. I've heard rashers oh, yeah, as yeah. a term, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd have got rashers yeah. as bacon. That That's fine. But yeah, a good a good old fry up. Like, for me, if you're going to have a, an English breakfast, you do, like, keep it simple. Toast, beans, sausage, bacon. And just pile yeah. those up. God, why have we got this question on the day I finally decided, right, I'm going to proper not eat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna proper diet. <laughs> you could probably make a black pudding f- by like bleeding Jim's eyeball and like congealing the blood. I wouldn't be surprised it. if I looked in. The, I've not looked in the mirror yet. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if it just looked mm. like a black pudding. Did Did you ever collect mm. up any of your foot pus, Gavin, to make black pudding with? Because considering your foot was bleeding that long, you probably could have done it. I made white pudding and I made cheese from it. Oh, oh, gross. Mm. That's that's not more than we needed to know. Um, <laughs> uh, other than that, maybe last suggestion, have a nice soup. Like, make yourself a fresh loaf of bread and have some carrot and coriander soup with like, a big old loaf of bread. Yeah, and you've got you've got Marks and Spencer's in the UK, so you're never short of a, a yummy ready-made meal. So, yeah, you better let, let us know how your dinner was. Yeah. I'm excited to know. Um... Another food-related question. Sorry, Jim. Oh, God, I'm so angry. Uh, this, is, this is from Name Cannot Be Blank on Twitter. Oh, shit. Um, if you had to choose a mealtime to miss out on for forever, which would you cut out? Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Oh, fuck, no. That's like... <laughs> that's a Sophie's choice right okay, there. I have a couple of solutions to this. First of all, am I still allowed to snack in the day? Can I move breakfast and lunch, like, closer to the middle of the day? So I still kind of, like, I have brunch and dinner and skip out the middle? I don't know. Can you have dinner at lunchtime? Yeah. If you're cutting if you're cutting out dinner, you could have... Like, can you have the dinner food? you have for dinner. You can have the dinner food yeah. at lunch. You have a shepherd's yes. pie in the morning and yeah. pancakes at night. In that case, I'd probably pick dinner because late at night is the worst time to eat. It is the worst time to eat, but it's also the time that, like, I most feel like I need to eat. Um, I I feel like lunch would be the sensible one. I could cut out breakfast if I slept until noon every day and had my breakfast as lunch and then went for dinner. I can maybe mm. do that, but I think I'm going to have to cut out lunch in the middle. And it's going to be have a big hearty, like, dinner breakfast, like have a fry up every morning. 
<laughs> like maybe graze if I'm allowed to do that throughout like the day. Like three, bowl, three bowls of shredded wheat. I, I'm thinking like Gaston in the Beauty and the Beast who has like 12 dozen eggs for breakfast. It's like, yeah, I'll have 12 dozen eggs. I will just consume until dinner time. Um, so yeah, Jim, what, what are you cutting out? I am, um, I'm actually like, contrary to what you might believe, like I don't eat throughout the day. Like I... I am really bad, and this is probably contributes to just my terrible fucking lifestyle. Like, twenty-two. I'll mix. <laughs> I'll, oh. I'll, mix I'll, I'll often miss breakfast. Like, I could cut that out and not miss it. And I realise that's like the wrong thing to do. Like, you should go the other way round. But mm. that's something I might mm. have to try and break myself of a habit of. But when when you're a coffee addict, missing breakfast becomes kind of. Uh... A difficult thing to avoid well, this, sometimes. This like, I will often have the coffee and skip the breakfast until lunchtime, mm. and I know I should Because co- coffee is an appetite suppressant. Yeah, and, like, there are some days where I, like, don't have breakfast, and then I'm like, oh, I really missed having breakfast, I need to go have breakfast now. Usually, if yeah. I don't have breakfast, I don't notice it till lunch. Like, it feels like that might be the easiest one to cut out. Probably not the mm. best one to cut out. Um, yeah, so... Last uh, last one or two questions. Uh, where are we? Uh, I had a question list somewhere here. Uh... <laughs> that was an interesting <laughs> noise. That That is the noise of I can't find where I put my last few questions because I did grab a couple more questions that I thought were good and I can't find where I put them now. Um, okay. Solbrin Fugel Batoktoy. I am sorry that I cannot Don't pronounce your name properly. Don't apologise. Okay, fine. I fully lean into pronouncing your name wrong. You own um, it. Soljan. Solbrit. That sounds like, is that like Scandinavian or? Uh, possibly. I'm I'm going to assume that it's, uh, it's moon language. Solbrum. Sorry. That, that was probably worse. Um, that person. That was, that was worse than like how bad they messed up Saoirse Ronan's name at the, the gold, was it the Golden Globes? Oh God. Yeah. What did they, how did they pronounce it? Like I think it was say or kaha or something. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's not even. To be fair, I- Irish names are like really hard. Yeah, to, as you to, proved to last week when you talked about that place that like half the letters aren't said. In- oh, Tala. Yeah. Yeah. How's it spelled? T a l l a g h t. Yeah, Talact. Talagut. Yeah, Talagut. Yeah. Um, the g h t is silent. Saul wants to ask. If you met yourself from 10 years ago and didn't realise it, and, you know, they they saw you, what would 10 years ago, 10 years ago of you think of you now if they didn't realise they were you? Mine would say, no offence, Jim, but you're repulsive to look at and <laughs> probably shouldn't be in your videos. Yeah, get, get out your videos. What are yours? Yeah, you jackass. <laughs> what about you, Gav? What's, what does 10 years ago you think of you? 10 years ago me was very kind of sad and depressed a lot of the time. So 10 years ago me would be pretty happy to see current me, I think. Especially would be happy to know there was a music career going on. I think me of 10 years ago, first of all, very unlikely to recognise me. But if they did, they'd be like, oh, mm. things get <laughs> things get better. That's mm. deathly reassuring. Like, That's a more yeah. happy version yeah. of of you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Be like, yeah, that that is, yeah, this is where you're going to end up. Everything's going to kind of go a bit like tits up along the way, but you'll get here. It'll be fine. Um, I always worry about and... that idea, though. If you see yourself in the future and see that you're doing well, 
will pass you then think, right, don't have to worry about it. Everything's going to turn out well. And then they yeah. just don't bother. <laughs> this is why we don't time travel, Jim. Yep. We'll fuck everything up, won't we? Yep. I'll take any excuse um, to not bother. I cannot time travel. And... Yeah. <coughs> okay, what, one last one from Elodie May Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have the most ugly looking game possible, but it plays amazingly well, or a game that looks gorgeous, but plays horribly? And I think this is a really good question to ask this week because Unravel came out. Yeah, um, yeah I'd take the opposite of Unravel. I I would have been like torn on this question until I played Unravel at length and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I should probably pick the other one. You know, it depends what the game is, depends whether, what kind of game it is, you know, I mean... If it's an open world RPG and it plays terribly, but it's gorgeous looking, you can still have some fun just wandering around exploring it. You I, know? I suppose so. Yeah. It's not the intended fun, but you can still have it. Mm. Like some of my, like my favorite game ever is one that a lot of people consider to be a really, on mechanics level, a bad game like Fallout 3, you know? Yeah. And I love that game because of its aesthetic. And I've, I'll be the first to admit it's not a good shooter. Yeah. And that is totally fair enough. Um nor, nor a very good RPG. <laughs> no, that that's fair. Like, <laughs> yeah. I and it's my favorite game. I recently really enjoyed Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Four, which is a game that plays badly by fighting game standards, but was a very visually impressive spectacle. And in that case, I was like, I'm willing to take that trade off. Like, is it fair to say if if the bad gameplay is frustrating? Yeah. Mm. Then you'll go for the gameplay, yeah, but if if, if the gameplay gets bad enough to be frustrating then fuck everything else i want better gameplay but you know yeah that'll do mm. we're probably gonna cross two hours this week looking oh, at it uh, i've been, I don't know I've how... been podcasting like like since 10 a.m this morning like straight like not with like enough break to get a glass of water and a poo in between i'm i'm looking at the the audacity and i you've got to earn that patreon money yeah. you've got to earn i it. don't know how long we were recording before we hit start but i'm cre- i'm looking at 159 45 40, 55 my time says we crossed two hours there we go fuck it we did it I don't feel it's proud like of myself. 16. It's just gone eighty. It's just gone eight o'clock here. Yeah, it's eight p.m. My cat's like forty-five minutes late getting fed. You know that cat is gonna starve to death, and it's your fault for wanting more content, listener. It's your fault. <laughs> okay. Speaking of content, Laura, when we're when they're done with this, as if this isn't too much of us already, <laughs> where can they get more of you? You can find me at Laura K Buzz on pretty much everything. Laura K Buzz on Twitter. Laura K Buzz on youtube laura k buzz on patreon which pays the bills uh i currently got firewatch and unravel like 30 minutes of each of those every day at the moment laura k buzz on twitch i'm actually twitch streaming now now that i have decent internet laura k buzz.com just laura k buzz there you go perfect and gavin what about you me old mugger miracle of sound on twitter miracle of sound on youtube and yeah, that's pretty much it. Beautiful. <laughs> miracle of Sound on Facebook, I yeah, suppose, as miracle well. Yeah, Miracle of Sound. Yeah. If, you fo- if you want to follow there. Oh, and Instagram as you well. You have an Instagram? I have an Instagram, What do you post yeah. on your Instagram? Um, mostly, like, vain selfies <laughs> and stuff. Because, you know, and you're bragging. so great and you brag about your appearance through <laughs> images. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it exists solely to brag about my my looks. It's like, look at me. I have a face that is not disgusting and repugnant to Jim's audience. <laughs> 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 that, makes, <laughs> that 
makes fun of us since apparently I'm not the face of the band. Um, right, thank you all for for listening as always. G- Jim, where um, are you? Huh? Where are you, Jim? I'll probably be dead by the time this comes out after all this. But Jim Sterling everywhere, you know where to find me. Um, until next time, thank you all for listening. Thank you for being with us. I mean, if you're still listening by now, like, well done. Uh, and we will see you next week. Bye. 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 I can have so much for bread that you'd be in the soul of wit. This is the bit of the podcast where we accidentally edited out a couple of minutes and because of this we fell a little bit under two hours. So as a reward you get a couple of minutes of me making up a song as I go along. This is entirely unscripted. I'm making up a song as I go to get to two hours. Making up a song as I go to get to two hours. Making up a song. Making up a song. Making up a song as I go to get to two hours because we said we were going to do it this week and editing out a couple of little bits of tech issues brought us under two hours and that's a problem. So let's get it over two hours. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. 45 seconds of me singing. Thank you. Good night. Yeah, and this is Jim. Uh, I didn't authorise any of that. I got the edit back. And that's what was left for me. 40 of singing. I guess I'm adding to the running time now, so I'm going to stop. But...